the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, it is a Tuesday. I have been waiting with bated breath to do today's show. <laughs> we oh had to boy. do. We did some last-minute finagling. We had to do some <laughs> finagling today because after I read the article today about the tax reform uh, group over there and their <laughs> meeting and some of the things they're talking about, we wanted to get Doctor Jeremy Hope and all. Hope and all. Yeah. Orp it all. On to, to, on to the show. For, he's from UCA. Can we call him Dr. He's from H. Acre. I call him Jeremy. Uh, he'll, he's he's going to be with us. He's coming to the studio at 3 because he's over at the Capitol. Great. So he's going to come on, drive over to here, and be on with us in the 3 o'clock hour, which I had already told Paul that we would have a special guest on that he had lined up on at 3 o'clock. And I said, can your, your guest do it at 2 o'clock since we're going to do it by phone and I got back, and he said, yeah, he can do it too. So you tell us, who is the gentleman that's sitting in here waiting to talk to us on the phone? So Tim Logans, I guess that's how, I, how you say his name, is um, on the air, to, is on, on the phone with us to talk to us about a, an arrest there in Greenbrier but from some guy who was apparently carrying concealed in his own car. I heard about that. All right. So, and, um, so Tim, can you tell us? What's going on, Tim? What's, what, what's, what's the, the skinny on this? Well, back, good afternoon, by the way. Yeah, um, good afternoon. Glad to be on. Uh, back in March, I got a message from a friend that, that said there was a young man from Greenbrier needing some help. I reached out, found his number, and talked to him. And His name's Kirby. Um, Kirby was working construction on, in a job site away from his hometown, out of his county, a couple of counties over from his house, as a matter of fact. And he was coming back home after doing the job all day long, and, and turns out he had expired tags on his pickup truck. Okay. Well, they they police officer pulled him over there in Greenbrier for you know the expired tags. Well, Kirby's a young man that had gotten some bad advice, um, and that's not hard to do in Arkansas, by the way, when it comes to weapons. Yeah, you're right about folks, that. Who knows? A lot of folks think they know the law, but very few actually do. So anyway, Kirby's advice from some friends and relatives were, if you're carrying a weapon in your vehicle, when you get pulled over, pull the weapon out, unload it, and put the unloaded weapon on the dash. That's what he did. And apparently the officer, the officer's name is Emberton, heard the slide go back to the rear as he was approaching the car, and I think it kind of scared him. I guess so. That, uh, that, story story. that would scare me. I can tell you that. <laughs> I was a police officer. That would scare me. Well, you know, guys, I retired from law enforcement 28 years, and, and absolutely, that would make your adrenaline dump. That would be scary. That was that was bad advice. That was mm-hmm. a silly thing to do. Um, you got a young man giving bad advice, so he thought he was doing the right thing. Right. So the officer walks up to the car, and, of course, the weapon's sitting on the dash. Um, obviously, it's empty because the slide's locked to the rear. Well, long story short, Kirby gets a ticket for expired tags, which he's not disputing. It was a secondary vehicle he had forgotten about uh forgotten that the tags expired yeah, i've done that and, sort of thing before too and and he also got a charge for carrying a weapon which is a 573 120 violation um 
the interesting part of this is is, is five seventy three one twenty says you got to let's see you can carry a weapon and you commit the offense of carrying a weapon if you have a handgun on or about your person in a vehicle otherwise readily available for use with the purpose to attempt to unlawfully employ the handgun knife or club as a weapon against a person. Um, how in the world is he guilty of, of carrying a weapon when he had absolutely zero unlawful intent? Right. right. When you when you see the thing disassembled, basically, on the dash of the car, the, yeah. the kid was maybe kind of clumsy, but it looks like he was he was trying to show deference to the officers as they wrote, as they walked up. Now, it was kind of spooky the way he did it because he was kind of clumsy with it, but it seems like he's 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 – He's simply proven that he has no intent whatsoever. Well, and, and, you know, there's been a lot of manufactured confusion about the handgun laws in Arkansas. Uh, I'm with a group called Patriots Act 746. That's all we do is educate folks on what the law actually says. I belong to your Um, group. (laughs) Yeah, and, and, I mean, that's what we do. We educate folks. And and he had had zero unlawful intent. Um, Mm -hmm. And to top it all off, if you go down to Section of the law of 573-120, he was actually on a journey, which is one of the defenses to the charge of carrying a weapon. That's exactly right. Um, which he shouldn't need because he didn't have unlawful intent, but let's say he had unlawful intent, he was still on a journey, right, which he is was, covered in the statute. It was under one of the I mean, permissibles. This, this is honestly like getting a speeding ticket while sitting on your front porch. It just happen. <laughs> Or like what, when riding the bus. All right. So explain, explain, explain the, to the listeners what with this charge. What what is the possible outcome when he goes before a judge? Well, it's the the, the punishment in section D. It's a misdemeanor charge, uh, so he could be found guilty of a misdemeanor. He could have to pay a fine. He could serve time in jail. Um, realistically, it's going to be like every other carrying a weapon charge. It's going to be dropped before it goes to court. Or it's going to be found not guilty. Since since Act Seven Forty Six in two thousand thirteen, there has not been a single guilty verdict in Arkansas for carrying a weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one's not going to be any different because not only was the kid on a journey, he was carrying lawfully. Um, he had zero unlawful intent. And, and quite honestly, this is just an abuse of power because the officer got scared, and cops aren't supposed to be scared. <laughs> and, and it's a classic case of you know you might beat the charge, but you're not going to beat the ride. Right, and and he took his frustration out on Kirby and gave him a ticket when he shouldn't have. And the officer knows that. That's the sad thing. He knows that that Kirby wasn't doing anything unlawful. He just did it because he could. Hmm. Have and you talked? Have you talked with the uh, young man about the encounter with the officer when it actually occurred? Do you know anything about the demeanor? You know uh, yes, how ma'am. he handled I, I the traffic to, stop. I talked to him that night. Um, after it had happened during the day, um, he was upset when it happened because he thought he was doing everything right. Right. I talked. Okay. To him, I talked to him about man. Can you imagine that officer <laughs> hearing the slide go back? Can you imagine his process? And hindsight, Kirby understands that. Um, you know, he's hot. He's sweaty. He's dirty. He's nasty. He's got fire ants on him. He's been working hard. He's 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 one of those young guys doing what we want young guys to yep. do, which right. is going out and earning a living for his family. He thinks he's following the law as he's been told. He thinks he's doing the right thing, and he still gets a ticket for it. So, yeah, he's a little upset, but he understands why Mr. Emberton got upset. And I assume he told the officer. 
Well, yes, ma'am. And, and, and yeah. he even told him, hey, guys, I'm on a journey. And the police chief in Greenbrier told him, said, well, explain your journey. Oh. And Kirby did. And the police chief said, that's not a journey. You were working. What? Um, huh? Which is ludicrous. <laughs> that's ludicrous. Yeah, that's... There's no exception in the law that yeah. says if you're at work, it doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. It, a journey only counts if. There's no part of the law that says that. <laughs> well, for I read the law, guys, and it, that's, not, that's not what it says. No, and, it and does so not. This is just a real miscarriage of justice. And, and the guy made a mistake. He shouldn't have put the weapon. He should have drawn the weapon. Um, but you know what? There's not a law against doing stupid stuff. Yeah, you're exactly right about that. R.D. Hey, I've got a question for you. Uh, two things. One thing, uh, for our listeners, would you tell us if you get pulled over and you have a firearm, say, in the console of your truck, would you tell us? The first thing is, would you tell us the correct way to handle that? And uh, I know the laws changed some. Uh, tell us about the laws about uh, carrying a firearm in church. Uh, I, th- I think I understand them, but uh, but uh, give us some insight on on how to handle it correctly and about how how to legally carry a firearm in church, please. I'll uh, I'll answer that best I can. Number one, I'm not an attorney. I'm a layman. I'm retired law enforcement, but I'm not giving legal advice. Correct. I'm going to tell you what the law says. Um, so the, there's two answers to that. And, and first, are you carrying constitutionally or are you carrying with a uh, concealed handgun license? If you have a license, you must inform the officer that you're armed. You must tell him that you're armed whenever you, whenever he walks up to the vehicle. If you're carrying under 573-120, which is without a license, you have no duty to report. Just don't reach for it. Okay. Don't, don't make a sudden move that's going to get you shot. As far as churches go... The individual churches have the right to set their own policy, their own standards for whether members can carry or not. And that can be a formal agreement or informal. If you have a concealed handgun license, you, you've got to tell your pastor and the, and the leadership of the church, and they've got to approve it. Okay. If you're carrying constitutionally, you're not under that obligation. You can just carry however you want to. But if your church asks you not to, then you, you simply don't. So there's two sets of rules here, and folks need to understand the difference. If you're carrying under 573-120, that's constitutional carry. If you're carrying under 573-301 through 326, that's carrying under a, what I would call a permission slip, a privilege. <laughs> and, and you have to ask them, and, and you've got more restrictions on you if you're carrying with a handgun license. Well, can you believe in a state of Arkansas that we've got a restriction for people Looks like we need to go constitutional carry and do away with with the uh, infringement on infringement on our freedoms with the with the carry license is what it looks to me like. So I would I would I would disagree with that. There's a purpose for a for a license. We just need to be honest about what that purpose is. If you want to travel to other states for reciprocity purposes, having a, a license is a good thing. Uh, other states will recognize that license. Oh, that's a good point. Um, but I would certainly say that Arkansas needs to tell the truth about what the purpose of the license is, much like the other 12 states that are constitutional carry do. They say the purpose is for reciprocity. And that's why we recommend you get an out-of-state non-resident Arizona license, which only costs $60, as opposed to the 160 that the Arkansas license costs. Hmm. Mm, good point. That's a good point. Yeah, it's good to have that license if you're going to other states, but it really shouldn't restrict you in the state that you live in. Absolutely, and, and and you know what? You've got more restrictions if you have the license than if you don't. You've got more rules 
Um, there's more punishments involved. And, and quite honestly, you've got more freedom in Arkansas if you don't have a license. And, well, and really, that's kind, of, that's kind of messed up when you say that, isn't it? Well, thank you for explaining it to us. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. So what happens next now? I mean, where is this young man at? Is he just hung out to dry, or does he have some some things he can do to make sure that this goes a little smoother for him? Well, right now we're concentrating, or he's concentrating on his court date, which is August 21st. Uh, that's the first battle. Um, after that, when he wins it or when it's dropped, then he's got to decide if he wants to take some civil action against the city of Greenbrier and Officer Emberton. Uh, Officer Emberton knows the law. He's acknowledged the law in the past. He, he knows that you're not guilty of a crime carrying constitutionally. Um, so he can be open to some civil liability. Mm-hmm. So on top of the precedent, if it actually does go to court, on top of the precedent, we could finally get that we've been searching for since 2013. There could actually be some civil damages that he's responsible for. And quite honestly, that's what should happen. So does Emberton himself actually, is he opened up to personally being sued in this case? Or would it be the Greenbrier Police Department? It would be both. Uh, Emerson has no color of law that he can stand behind because he's publicly acknowledged that he understands 573-120 in the past. And the city of Greenbrier uh, has liability as well because they don't enjoy the civil immunities that the state of Arkansas does as a city versus the state. What jurisdiction is it in? Which court will be hearing it? What court? Uh, what judge? I don't know the judge's name. I'm sorry about that. It's being in Faulkner County. Will it will it be there in Greenbrier? You think or it's in Greenbrier? It is yes, in Greenbrier the there. Okay, is that usually the first step? Is to get through the, the the first step is to get through the court case on the twenty first, and then if it goes further than that, we'll go to to a circuit court for a full trial. We'll we'll see what happens. Hmm. Well, it sounds like to what the, at least the way you've explained it, it would be to the betterment of law enforcement if they just say you know this was wrong and let it go at that well that that would certainly be to their advantage to acknowledge the law i would encourage all of my fellow brothers in blue to to follow the law they should be doing that to start with mm-hmm. okay um, all right yeah, go, oh, go ahead finish up what you're going to say as far as this case goes, yes, sir, they need to acknowledge a mistake and, and move forward. They don't need to continue compounding this. This, this gentleman still, he still hasn't had his weapon returned yet. He's got a nice, new, shiny Glock that he's got a lot of money invested in that he just, you know, did a, hot, a lot of high-speed, low-drag stuff to to shoot competition shoots with. Oh, wow. He still doesn't have it yet. So they need to make this right. So they, they, so they put him in handcuffs and, and locked him in jail for a couple hours? He went to he went downtown. Yes, he he even got to speak to the chief of police. Hmm. Wow. Okay, RD. One got, last question. I've got Go one ahead. more question for you. Hey, I have a concealed weapons a license, and it's a little confusing to me still. Say, if I'm somewhere and I've got a jacket on, so I'm concealed. If I take my jacket off in uh, in like Subway or somewhere, and it, and it's open carry, uh, is there a liability to having a a uh, concealed weapons license, which I carry ninety on ninety nine percent of the time. But what if, what if I become unconcealed and you have a license? Are you uh, apt to have a problem with that? There is two answers to that. Number one, there's no print law in Arkansas, so if your part of your weapon shows, that's not a problem. As other states aren't like that. 
Number two, the legislature last year passed Act 486. And what that did is that restricts the Arkansas State Police from pulling your concealed handgun license if you're carrying open. So now whether you have, if you have a license, you can carry open or concealed in Arkansas. I think that was Bob Ballinger that, that ran that bill Correct. last session and got that passed, if I recall correctly. And I think that has a lot to do with the gentleman up in Searcy. I think that was Drew Tanner in that, yeah, in that case. That we he, had on. Right. He was basically a, kidnapped and assaulted. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, it's fairly clear. <laughs> It's fairly clear anyway that you're covered either way. Hey, Tim, can can I ask you a question? Would you be good enough as this moves along uh, to come back on by phone and and explain where we're at in this uh, particular uh, situation? I would love to let y'all know some updates as soon as we hear something. Um, the, The citizens deserve to know what's going on with their handgun laws and with their law enforcement in Arkansas. All right. Well, I'll just... Make sure that Paul gets a hold of you and we get you back on the air when anything new comes up. We appreciate your time and giving us the information today as you have. You have a great afternoon. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, so, yeah, that – see, this is – I don't know if it can ever be made so clear that a police officer – because of all the years of indoctrination that we've had about firearms, we'll keep a level head and take care of the law the way the law is written. It, it's to be seen yet, but we'll ha- we'll hear from Tim later on. Got to get a break in. Let's do that. We'll come back, talk more. we got more time to talk until the bottom of the hour, but right now we have this for you. Well, we know there's a lot of people listening. We also have a lot of people watching on our Facebook live shot. If you didn't know about it, Dave Ellswick show, you know, it's uh, facebook.com slash Dave Ellswick show. And then you can watch everything that's happening in the studio, hear all of these different things that are going on and uh, give you an opportunity to even type in a question or whatever. Cause today I've got Elizabeth in here and she keeps really close tabs on all of that. We're going to take a break. Let's catch up for a minute on the news. Then uh, the power panel and myself will be back, and we'll continue on with our conversation, and you can join in on that as well after the news. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Did you know there's 567 different ways to claim your Social Security benefits? There's 2,728 rules in the Social Security Handbook, and the Social Security Administration has been told by the government that they're actually forbidden to offer you any personalized advice, so you're totally on your own. I mean, that's probably a good reason why as much as $10 billion a year in benefits go unclaimed. You can now learn how you could wring every nickel out of your Social Security benefits in the up-to-date 2018 Guide to Social Security. It's from David Lucas. He's hosted the David Lucas Show here on 101 The Answer on Saturdays at 10 a.m. and again at 3 p.m. And you can get your free 2018 Guide to Social Security by being one of the first 10 callers right now at 501-653-6690. You don't want to leave thousands of dollars on the table uh, while you're taking your Social Security over. You might be alive 20, 25 years in your retirement. You don't want to screw up how much money you're going to get. Get back every nickel that's rightfully yours. Call 501-653-6690 or 
You can visit David Lucas Financial. That is one word, davidlucasfinancial.com. All right, let's get back to about this story out of Greenbrier. We got a guy, gets pulled over by the police. He's traveling back home from uh, some work he was doing in a county, a couple counties away. Uh, he had heard and been told by some somebody's, and let me just warn you about something. Don't don't ask your buddies and take it as gospel. You know, call somebody who you know can give you the gospel. Well, I think you got the information from some police officers. Well, <laughs> that was that, that's the bad thing is I think you, I, from what I hear it was it was some it was some um, I think some police officers in Conway that told him. Um, yeah. or a, well, or a line, I, it was bad advice. Yeah, it's bad bad advice. Anyway, he he unloaded his pistol, dropped out the last. Uh, you know, round, round, and the the police officer who was walking up to his window heard the slide, and that uh probably <laughs> make your blood get chunks of ice in it immediately, <laughs> and it scared the officer. Uh, the officer pro- sounds like maybe dressed him down for doing it and things of that nature, but that's what he had been told, and in the end of it, he got hit with you know, a law that he should not have been charged with uh, because he was on a trip to have to have a police chief. That's the most amazing thing I've ever heard a police chief say, well, you're coming from your job. That's not a trip. Well, what is it? Well, the, of course it's a trip. The journey as defined in 5-73-120 is, is – um, is outside your county. It's it's not really all that hard to understand. So so he's he, it's like he it's like of all the different things you could you could possibly have exceptions for. He he meets all of them. Yeah, basically. I mean, it's it, it, the only thing he's got is it. Well, yeah, it's a handgun. Mm-hmm. As the laws read, you can I mean, just leave it in your console. Is what he said, and don't don't even have right. to tell him about if you're, it. If you're unless not you have a permit. A, concealed carry license now if you have a concealed carry license you have and to a tell them. police officer pulls you over when he comes up to the window you should look at him now i'm going to be honest with you here what i what, what i do i put my hands on the steering wheel yep. so they can see my hands yep. all right that they know i'm not near anything but they see my hands and i'll look at the police officer and i'll say uh, sir I just want to let you know i have a concealed carry license and i have a firearm and it's right here next to me in my console because that's where I carry it most of the time. Uh, now that I've said that, don't try to hijack me because I'll keep it down by my foot or something. <laughs> but the, bo- <laughs> bottom, the bottom line is that I let the officer know. I, I think – and it's – you know what? It's not for his protection. It's for my protection. Yes, sir. That's why I tell him. I don't want them to get all freaky on me. If they happen to see it or something. And I don't want any freaky-deaky stuff going on, not when there's firearms involved. Uh-uh. And so I just let them know. And then you can go from there. Usually what the officer would do, the three times this has happened to me on uh, when I've had concealed carry, I, I got pulled over. Best time, best story. I got pulled over because my, uh, my license plate light was out. And it was in Oklahoma that it happened. Uh-huh. And they... And I said, I said, officer, I want to let you know, I got a, I got a firearm, I got a concealed carry permit, and it's here in my council. And he says, well, thanks for telling me that. What kind of gun you got? <laughs> yeah. Let you me know? see it. And I said, I got a Smith and Wesson, uh, I got a hammerless, uh, thirty-eight. Uh, and he says, 
He says, he says, you got frags in it? And I go, yes, sir. He says, good job. <laughs> and then we, he told me that I had a, uh, a license plate light out, and then he gave me a t- not a ticket. He gave me a warning to get it fixed. And then he sent me on my way. But, yeah, that, that could happen. And, um, and let me digress just a second. I had somebody send me a very long missive after last, uh, was it this week? Yeah, I think it was, maybe it was last week. And I was talking about uh, people being pulled over at times. And I was pulled over in a, a bad part of Little Rock, okay, a bad part. I had been over at UAMS. I had gotten over onto the other side of 630 and uh, was trying to find my way back to 630. <laughs> and for the life of me, things got, looked, you di- got, you got looked different around. at night. And I got turned around, and I couldn't find my way back. And a police officer pulled me over and uh, asked what was going on, and I explained it to him. I'm lost. <laughs> and uh, and he helped me get to get back, you know, and <laughs> got me back. And the thing that was interesting, I know that, but here, here's what was interesting about it. You know, I stepped out of my car, uh-huh. of course, because he asked me to step out of my right. car, and I did. Well, this person calls and says, you shouldn't have stepped out of your car, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> didn't bother me in a bit to step out of my car. Right. That didn't bother me. I knew why he pulled me over. It wasn't because he thought I was lost. He probably thought I was out trolling and trying to buy drugs. Maybe so. Yeah, that's was, what, I'm just saying that's what, what he's probably Here's yep. a white guy. In the, you know, it was like 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm yep. over oh. in a place that you don't drug Drugs change hands a lot, uh, yeah. R.D., and what can I tell you, man? I just followed the officer and then left. You know, mm-hmm. He got yeah, me back to 630. He said, follow me. I, had a similar I story. swear I would not have found my way back to 630. Mm-hmm. I was going the opposite way of where mm-hmm. I was going deeper into the area that they would not want me to uh, be in. I was up in Branson a couple months ago, and I was having some car trouble, and so a buddy was driving me around i was looking i had a van and a trailer behind it so i need a place to park the thing overnight talk about my brother to come help me the next day and so we were driving around kind of suspiciously because sure. we're looking for a place to park this thing and um and so we pulled into a, a kind of a wide gravel area we didn't know who owned it and so i was kind of looking around kind of slowly just trying to driving around and um and so if somebody pulled in behind us i thought it might have been a police officer and um turned out it was and i walked out he didn't turn his lights on us but i walked back and talked to him and um and he told us where we could park and park the thing and it, it was fine it wasn't that big a deal but um but it was another one of those things where we were lost now we but right, here we, here's the whole thing paul is that this guy who wrote to me and and look i have no problem that that this is the way you feel i do not have an antagonistic attitude towards the police i think mm-hmm. they do a valuable job they put their lives on the line every time they walk up to a car. They could be putting their lives on their on the line. Their families could lose a father. They could lose, a, you know, a, a husband or whatever. And uh, so I don't have any problem to step out and talk to them or whatever. I, that does not bother me at all. But some people think that, well, that's like the Stasi and papers, please. No, it's not. Don't Don't make it into something that it isn't. It'd be a different story if they brought you out of your car, threw you up against the side of your car, kicked your feet out, and started screaming at you, and uh, you know put the nightstick into your kidney. They, 
But none of that was going down. Right. 99% of police officers are just trying to do their job, yeah. keep our community safe, and go home to their families at the end of the day. But, and there are some good good ideas to, to keep yourself safe in a police encounter. I mean, a lot of times I get out of the vehicle, but I, I don't stick my hands in my pockets. No. and um, No, I don't I do that. But, um, and so, but it's – so I get out and I'll talk to them and, and I don't really like sitting in the car waiting on them. So I, I'll go ahead and get out and, and walk back toward them. But I don't do it in a threatening manner. And um, and so it's um, – and so, I, so yeah, I, I think – I was so, pulled over one time. I was in a river bottom up in Missouri by the Missouri River going home much like this guy. Here I'd worked 12-hour day on the railroad and I was going back to my hotel and I was in a river bottom road on the Missouri River that was very, very curvy. So I was driving 55 and 60, but it was very curvy. Mm-hmm. Every so once in a while, I see some line. blue lights back there, and I thought, I wonder what they're doing back there. <laughs> couldn't keep up with <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I kept going and going on. They're behind me. And I went three or four miles, and uh, finally I got on a straight stretch, and here come this police car, lickety split. And uh, I pulled over, and when he came up there, he had his gun drawn, and he said, what? put your hands on the wheel. And I said, yes, sir. And he asked me what I was doing. I said, well, I'm trying to go back home and take a shower. I just work 12 hours a day. And I said, did I do something wrong? And he said, well, I've been trying to catch you for about two miles. And I said, well, I apologize. I saw some blue lights way back there, but I didn't know what you were doing. And uh, he was a real nice guy. He said, listen, he said, you need to slow down in the curves and uh, and not be driving in the curve so fast and uh, go home and take a shower and have a good day. So he, he turned he de-escalated. He thought I was a bad guy trying yeah. to get away from him. But right. once he figured out I was just you just knew a common to, working guy, then with, uh, with he a, just let me go. With some driving skills. <laughs> so, Paul, you were just showing me the arrest result. Right. The, the, the arrest report for this. The thing I see that's interesting, mm-hmm. in the report, the officer states that the gentleman did not have a concealed carry permit. Right. Right, he did not. So that if he was, you know, the things you're supposed to do if you get stopped, if you have a concealed permit, he was told wrong in the first place. But he told the officer, according to the report, mm-hmm. that he was concealed carrying in his waistband. Mm-hmm. That would be illegal if you're not carrying a concealed permit. No, it's not. And I don't know. I'm no, not, not a not police illegal. officer. There's, there's, no, there's nothing illegal about that. Uh, if you're carrying concealed without a permit, yeah, it's illegal is no, what I understand. No, it's not understand. illegal. I know for a fact. There's it's no not? There's no law in Arkansas requiring you to have a permit in order to carry carry concealed. I mean, it's just, there's just no law really? that exists. Okay. I mean, well, apparently the police officer thought that was important to put into the police report. Right. I think the I gentleman think in question did not have a permit. Right. He did think and that. And was carrying concealed in his waistband. Right. He, he apparently did think had that. Had told the officer that. Obviously, by the time the officer showed up, right. the well, pistol he didn't was break on the, the law. Dash. If the officer didn't see it, then he, there's no law right. broken. Right. And it was because he I'm said just saying he had it's it interesting there. that the officer right. put that in the report. Right. Because apparently the officer thought it was illegal to carry concealed, which he's dead wrong which about. I I'm trying to, you know, you you could have been saying I had an itch on my posterior and I used my gun barrel to scratch it. That doesn't mean you're concealed carrying. Yeah, I just yeah, that wouldn't be a good. There's so much BS going on. Here's what needs to happen. I I mentioned this during the break. The legislature, the attorney general of the state of Arkansas, Mm -hmm. the governor, and and all the rest of them need to sit down and write a clean piece of a law that addresses all the issues it covers it all that's Mm -hmm. exactly right instead of 
screwing something up because you pass a piece of legislation. So now you you write another piece of legislation that uh, is another piece of the puzzle about how you can carry a, a you know a weapon here in the state of Arkansas. Write one piece. That would be well, that would be the thing to do. But part of the problem is, I think when when five seventy three twenty was originally written, if I understand it correctly, they wrote it for the purpose of keeping black people from carrying. So they wrote it kind of vague, and you know we can enforce this if we want to. And we don't what? have to. Well, errors. Yeah, it's true. It was written as it was a racist piece of legislation. It was to wow. keep black people from carrying guns. Well, really? Arizona has yeah. a perfectly good law. I mean, if you want to do something, there's usually a state that's done something right occasionally out of the 50. <laughs> somebody actually find, got the wheel yeah, right. Yeah, you can find somebody that got something right. Arizona does has have it right. Uh, I was reading about the Arizona license. Arizona has constitutional carry, so you can carry in Arizona clearly, you know, concealed or non-concealed under the u.s constitution they do have licensing that they sell licenses for people who uh, train do firearm training and people that do other things but you can buy a license buying the license in arizona doesn't restrict you from any other right Mm. which is crazy for the state of arkansas that you buy a license and you lose half of your rights if you buy a license you have the same rights with or without a license in Arizona, but you can do training with a license, and there's different levels of license. Mm-hmm. And Arizona sells license to people in state or out of state, and it's good in 27 states. Right, so you can so you can actually buy a license from Arizona if you live in Arkansas, and it's cheaper than the Arkansas license. All right, got to get a break in. Got to get our final break this hour, and don't forget about Aero Plumbing. I got all these guarantees out there. Let me tell you about a couple of them. One, the new lim- the no lemon guarantee, which means they guarantee that the equipment and or fixtures they've provided and installed in your home will perform as they have stated. Now, if any of that equipment or fixtures fails three times in a year, then it's a lemon, and they'll replace the item at no charge to you. Then they have their 100% satisfaction guarantee that if you're not 100% satisfied with the surface that Aero Plumbing uh, provided you, they'll refund all your money. If the plumber doesn't uh, wear their little shoe booties on their shoes and bring dirt in the house or they swear in your home or you find out they weren't drug tested, you don't have to pay for the service. And if a repair fails in the first year, They'll repair it again at no charge. Those are all guarantees you get from the folks at Aero Plumbing. To find out how to contact them, find out more information about them, it's aeroplumbing.net or just on Google, Aero Plumbing. Okay, so we are back, and we'll finish up this hour going back and kind of touching base again on this guy who's pulled over and uh, just – misapplication of the law misunderstanding of the law uh maybe misapplication because somebody uh got you know are are glad that part of their uniform the pants are dark brown or whatever i'm just i'm just saying that uh, you know it scared the police officer i think that he got irritated that's what our former police officer tim was saying and uh, we're glad that uh, Tim was able to come on and kind of set all of this straight. But I still go back to my my number one complaint. There is just no reason why you can't write 
act whatever, 777, you know, and I'm just making up a number, all right? right? Act 777. And in that, cover what it needs. I'm, I'm with you, um, R.D. Take and write to a legislator. In fact, I'll do it, and I'll pass it on to somebody. In Arizona, ask them for their law uh, and and bring it here to Arkansas. Just take a look at it, and if they've created the wheel and it works really well, then let's use it as our own template. And maybe it doesn't say you can carry on a college campus or something, and you want that in there. Put it in there. But uh, bottom line yeah, we, is, you we, can make it in one law instead right, we, of got, all things. I think we've got some guys working on it right now. Um, to, to Does Ballinger for, working again on it? I don't know if it's Ballinger, but I don't know that I should actually put the names out there. Okay, but I think there's there's some guys working on it. Pretty bad. On a, on a, on a a, this is something thing. else that drives me crazy. That that uh, you've got uh, elected represent representatives wanting to see some things become law and they don't want to say what it is because they think their own party might attack them well that, oh, that's, that's exactly and that's what part of the problem with the with we the gun rights that. stuff because mm-hmm. th- the fact is there's a lot of republicans who do not want to clarify and to into to um to reinforce the idea that we do have the right to carry without having to get permission from the government i mean there's what? a lot of republicans who oppose the idea of of constitutional rights constitutional self-defense what was the guy that, was it colin i can't remember the guy's name that charlie came on, charlie colin right came on the show he's in the inner circle i call him as one of the one of the uh, uh-huh. bunch up uh-huh. there i'll keep it nice <laughs> one of the bunch up there the cabal <laughs> yeah <laughs> as they call him <laughs> yeah and uh and he was trying to get a gun bill passed, which I thought was kind of weak and uh, and didn't say enough and wasn't clear enough. But uh, well, the the governor told him under no uncertain terms that that bill was not be supported, and they had to rewrite that bill and turn it all kinds of different directions to get it passed because the colleges didn't like it. That's there right. There were some things on it that the colleges didn't like, and so the governor turned against Colin. I mean, Charles for Collins. This is exactly and, uh, why we don't have one comprehensive law that just settles it because they can't withstand the pressure. Right, right. We don't, we don't, we don't have a governor that's, that's strong on Second Amendment rights. We don't have a legislature that's strong. We have a few legislators individually who are pretty strong on it, but but we don't have uh, <laughs> we, we don't have a legislature in general that values the right to keep and bear arms in, in a strong way. We've got a lot of almost all of them will say they support the Second Amendment, but. As long as it doesn't make the colleges mad or the schools mad or the state police mad or <laughs> Or it takes else. money away from the state police. Exactly. Or it takes money away from somebody's retirement fund. But I think Arizona's making a lot of money because they've got a real good law, and you can buy one for $60 from being out of state. So they're selling their license in all 50 states. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they kind of come on to something. So they might have found a way to – to be able to fund a retirement without uh, infringing on people's constitutional rights. All right, so we talk about a big uh, topic here, of course, is gun rights here in the state of Arkansas. In the next hour, we're going to talk about taxes. What are they doing at the Capitol with this tax force? We're going to talk about that. Jeremy Horpenthal will be with us from UCA. He's a doctor. He's a head of ACRE. He will be with us to kind of give us an inkling about what they're thinking about doing 
because they're having their major meetings going on right now. That's all coming our way when we return after the news. All right, we continue second hour. You who are joined us on uh, uh, Facebook, welcome. Uh, glad that you've uh, made this part of your day. This is going to be an important hour. Uh, a lot of us have been watching kind of with bated breath and jaded eye of the uh, task force on taxes going on over at the uh, this, the uh, Capitol. And uh, from what I understand, in a meeting yesterday and then another meeting today, they're really starting to put some flesh on the bones of this whole thing and about what they want to do and where they want to go. So we were lucky enough, because uh, I, I looked at Elizabeth, I said, we need to get Jeremy on. I mean, we need to get him on to try to understand what they're doing. Because if you read, I'm going to be honest, if you read what they re- wrote in the paper today, you would have no idea what was going on. It was absolutely the most confusing article I have ever read. It made no sense to me whatsoever, uh, uh, except for the one paragraph where they were quoting Jeremy here, who's, who's joined us, Dr. Jeremy Holpenthal. Is that correct? Is that close enough? I get enough? closer every time. I get closer every time. All right. Corporate Okay. I just I just drank a little bit before I came to the show today. So you're with Acre over at UCA. You guys have been following this since they first started getting into this. You've gone over. You've talked to this group. Uh, you've listened to them, trying to find out exactly where they're at. I know other people that are doing the same, same thing. Ryan. Uh, Norris from Americans for Prosperity has been involved in all of this. And uh, can you kind of cut through all of the smoke and mirrors and stuff that was in that article today? Because they start throwing around, <laughs> well, $13 million here and blah, 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 there, and that might be equal out to give us enough over here. And I'm kind of like, this is telling me nothing because, you know what, I don't have a spreadsheet in front of me. Right. I don't have a clue. <clears throat> Yeah, yesterday's meeting, they went through a lot of different scenarios, so it was very confusing, and it was a very long meeting. Uh, they went through a lot of important technical details, but but today's meeting, which I just got back from, was really the important one, where they voted on about two, do- two dozen different proposals for various changes to all kinds of taxes in Arkansas. Okay, good. Yeah, so today, uh, the big thing, which has been kind of one of the overriding goals of the task force, is to look at can they cut income tax rates for both individuals and for businesses and how much can they cut them okay so the the there were essentially three different proposals on the table for how they might cut income taxes uh the one that had the the most support so they asked everyone to rank them and the one that like far had the most support uh was a a plan that cut the both cut the top tax rate for individuals from 6.9 down to 6.5 percent but then also consolidated Arkansas's three sets of tax brackets down to one set of tax brackets. Okay, am I correct in that that was one of the things that you all, from since last year that we've been talking about this stuff, you thought was one of the critical things that they did to make the tax burden in Arkansas better. In other words, it would be more easily understood. Right, more easily understood and also – not providing some bad incentives where when you get to a certain income level, your taxes go way up. Uh, the proposal, and again, this is the task force, they don't have any power to write bills. I mean, they will write bills, but they have to go through the normal committee process. But their recommendation is to uh, consolidate those three sets of tax brackets down to one, uh, cut the top tax rate 
by you know four tenths of a percentage point, and then but that also means there's tax cuts all the way down, all the way down to people with eight thousand dollars of income. There'll at least be some income tax cut um, instead of another proposal on the table would be to just cut that top tax rate, but to cut it more, but to only cut that one. That's for people making over eighty thousand. See, um, I, I think that's a mistake just from a PR standpoint. Right. That, that's a hard sell, and it's you know it's and that's for individuals. So that yes. means you know the way Arkansas's tax system works is you know even if you have two people making fifty thousand, you know the husband and wife making each fifty thousand, you think oh that's a hundred thousand, so they'll get a cut. But no, it has to be a, a individual person has to have more than eighty thousand. Uh, so that plan uh, that was the one that was the governor's favored plan, uh, the one he proposed. That one came in second in their race of which one do we like best. Okay. Um, uh, so, and then the third one didn't get much support. Uh, that one included an earned income tax credit, uh, which is a credit for low low income. They already were dealt with. Those people already, uh, the right. people who are poor are going. The, the the threshold was raised up so more people fell into that so that right. they didn't have to pay any income tax. That plan also would have basically repealed the last tax cut for low income and replaced with earned income tax credit. But, oh, no. so but, they, they, but they got more. rid of that one. Yeah, they got rid of that. Because uh, I saw uh, Joyce proposal. Elliott was talking about how she thought that needed to happen, right. which then told there me was it also, doesn't need to happen. There was also a separate proposal to just add earned income tax credit on top of whatever plan there was, and they did not approve that one either. So, okay. So both those are... I didn't mean to jump into what no, you're talking no, about, but fine. I'm just trying yeah. to mm-hmm. tell everybody that we've had you on many a time now. And you've been talking about all of these things. Right. Sounds like to me that maybe you guys have had some impact there. Uh, you never know. We like to think that, you know, they're at least listening to us and that, you know, what we said has, they should has, listen has, to has at least helped to shape the conversation. And, and, you know, certainly a lot of the ideas we've talked about, and we can talk more about these in a little bit, there are a lot of changes to the corporate tax uh, that were also approved. Um, those are things we've been talking about, too, uh, to also lower taxes on businesses um, and corporations. So there's, we think a lot of good things that came out of it. Kind of everything came together today. I mean, there are all these proposals that have been putting them together for months, and they voted on most of them today. And um, you know, I don't, I don't think that I like necessarily everything they approve, but I think a lot of the ones that weren't so great are are, are kind of gone, and and most of the good ones did get in. Um, now, all this means is that uh, the task force now kind of has their set of recommendations. Until the next legislative session, they'll start to write bills based on these, but those will go through the normal committee process and go through the normal sure. legislative process. But but that's the task force as far as what they think. It's mostly now solidified. So, okay. So now with the, cha- the, the changes that they want to try to do to move around where the money is coming from and things of that nature, I, I read in the article, because, and you brought it out, that it was it was close – but didn't these cuts wouldn't or or this the money coming in would not necessarily offset all the tax cuts? Is that right? Right. So again, yesterday's meeting, which seemed a little technical <coughs> and confusing to some, uh, was trying to go through and say, you know, know, if you cut income taxes, there'll be more economic growth, there'll be more jobs, but how much more? So they're trying to a group came in and tried to estimate that for them, and so they they showed there would be some boost to the economy. Um, but not enough to pay for the taxes in full, which means there would need to be some slowing of the growth of government overall. Um, the plan they approved, at least just that income tax cut I talked about, uh, that's about a $276 million cut. 
Um, so that's significant. That's yeah. That's more than the the budget typically grows in a year. Uh, general fund generally grows that's about two hundred million a year. So, and there are a number of other things within there that might make it cost a little more or less. But that's kind of the headline number is almost a three hundred million dollar uh, tax cut. Um, now, whether they uh, the one thing they talk about they might do is try to phase that in over a few years rather than do it all one year. That's one of the things which they did not vote on that part of it yet. Um, exactly how to pay for it and when to pay for it. But uh, one thing they also did today is they threw out a lot of proposals to raise, uh, to put a tax on e-cigarettes, to raise the the tax on tobacco cigarettes, to raise the tax on all tobacco and alcohol products. They threw out all those. They they rejected all those. Alcohol out too? Yeah, there was a proposed new 2% excise excise tax on alcohol and tobacco products and e-cigarettes, and that did not get approval. Um, Good. So they – and the legislature can always pick these back up again. But, oh, yeah. But the task force said right. that they, they're not going to recommend those. So, so is all there – All those repeals of franchise taxes and all those other things? The franchise tax, which is a tax on, on corporate wealth essentially, uh, they did not approve that one. That was one of the ones we've been talking about that they did not approve. Mm. Um, so can't can't win them all. But uh, <laughs> um, the, the concern there is a lot of that money actually goes to funding education and there are uh, – there's a lot of constitutional legal cha- – um, tricks to you can't to cutting education funding you would have to make that up somewhere else yeah um, so so i think a lot of them felt that they just can't cut that right now without without having the additional money to make up for the how much education would lose um so the franchise tax which again it's this kind of obscure thing to most of us but it's a tax on corporate wealth it's a it's a pretty low rate it's like 0.3 percent for most corp- corporations but that's some of their wealth they're taking every year not based on how much income they earn. Not based. That's just, just a. Proper, that's just a yep. it's, it's a just property a tax. tax, basically. That's ta- it's tax on, on wealth, on business wealth, right? It's a capital so you, capital tax. Basically. Capital. It's a, called a capital stock tax, is what hmm. it's generally called. So you know, you have you essentially have your balance sheet and how many assets you have, and some uh-huh. of that's property, some of it's other things, some of cash, it's intangibles, maybe. cash, hmm. and it's a it's a it's a it's under one percent, but it's a tax well, on wealth, and uh, they they're going to keep that in. They're just it's basically a short drip while they're they're bleeding you. Right, a very 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 small drip, but yeah, it's uh, and and most states have gotten rid of these. There's about a dozen that still have them. Uh, even Mississippi, la- two years ago or three years ago, voted to start phasing theirs out. So most states are getting rid of these. Uh, this year, it looks like Arkansas won't, but we we would hope that'll continue to be part of the conversation. Uh, it's not that I think everyone on the task force opposed that idea. They just were worried about because it funded education or most of it did. They're worried about how you would make that money up in a time when they're trying to cut taxes. Well, yeah, you can only fight one battle at once. And the whole thing about education, there's going to have to be a whole session that's set for education. Because, you know, Westerman, when he was uh, a state rep, was very clear that if you went to using uh, some form of a, a voucher system where everybody got exactly the same amount of money to take to what school that they wanted to they could basically destroy the lakeview case mm-hmm. and that I, I don't think that you want to fight that battle and tax reform at the exact same yeah, time ed- it'd be a crazy fight. education is big business too. no it's huge i mean it's it's a what is it a a tenth of the economy or more it's, i think it was uh 60 of our economy if i'm not mistaken yeah, I think in Arkansas it's about seven billion dollars. It's so. a lot of money. It's at, a lot of moolah. Go ahead, Artie. At the beginning of this uh, task force, uh, we added up. They were looking at eliminating some uh, uh, credits 
that different corporations had currently, and they come to like, I don't know, or somewhere around eight hundred to nine hundred million dollars of uh, of exemptions that people currently have, and they were talking about eliminating those exemptions to to funds tax cuts in other areas, or are they still? looking at, at those exemptions and, and trying to make this revenue neutral? <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the beginning of the process, they had this list of, you know, 800 million, like you said, of exemptions. Uh, the task force kind of whittled that down to 40 or so, and then they got whittled down to six or so. And uh, today they voted on a few of them. Let's see, I got my notes here. Um, one, they actually added a new exemption. Um, so they so coin-operated car washes are exempt uh, they they voted to exempt all car washes from the sales tax. So when they added okay. once they add a new one, uh, uh, one was uh, one they 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 recommended to get rid of is uh, there is a tax exemption for magazine subscriptions. Uh, if you buy a magazine at the store, uh, it's taxed. But if you have a subscription, it's not taxed. So they voted to get rid of that one. Uh, but just for magazines, not for newspapers. That's going to bring in a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> this that's a. Yeah, it's it's these are ones that are less, maybe a million dollars or less. They're very small. Um, Let me just call. But the big one, I, I do want to mention this Go one. Ahead. The big one they did uh, discuss and did approve uh, was how to deal with now uh, remote sellers, mostly internet companies that aren't oh. in Arkansas. Uh, so they, it, it's pretty much inevitable now that every state is gonna is gonna start taxing these. But the the measure they approved uh, said that they would dedicate any revenue from that to tax cuts. And there was some contention about it. There were some members of the task force that said, yeah, we want to put this tax in place, but we don't want to say where the money's going to go. We want to figure out later what to do with the money. Uh, the task force yeah, voted that, that that money will be Good used to cut taxes. So, And they estimate that's somewhere around $37 million. Um, but that's going to be some new revenue that will help pay for that $270 million or whatever cut. Uh, some of that's going to be from, from taxing internet sales, which, which everyone's going to do now. Um, but they, they have, at least in their recommendation, said – that should go to cutting other taxes. Yeah, I figure that that will be the number one bill that will be passed in the legislative session of 2019, <laughs> and that is that Internet sales shall now be taxed. Mm-hmm. They yeah. already got downloads. They, gonna, the, they already <laughs> got covered the downloads. Are they going to yeah. be uh, – yeah, pretty. I mean, some states are calling special sessions to do it I know. now. <laughs> There's only seven hundred thousand tax jurisdictions in the country. If you add in the local and the state and all the mm-hmm. other stuff, it's going to be yeah. a nightmare. It, well, it's uh, going to be maybe they'll find it entertaining to watch it play out. Are they going to find another felon to run this bill, <laughs> like they did last time? Uh, I I can't speak. He to stays that. out of it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to take a break. Let's do that. We're going to come back, talk to Jeremy some more. The doctor has a lot of information for you. You want to hear what he has to say. I don't know about you, R.D., but I've got a little bit of hope. <laughs> I've got, <laughs> a, little, I got yeah, a little bit of hope. Well, good. yeah, this sounds good. The The problem will be when it goes when they write it up and it goes to committee to be made into law. So it, so it had to be neutral. That's so, when we got to so, really start so maybe, watching. So maybe there's a little bit of hope that instead of adding 10 pounds of lead to our pockets while we're swimming, they're only going to add nine next year? No, no. I'm, I'm thinking maybe we might see them actually make a turn that we can all agree on. Maybe. Which would be really nice, to be honest. Nope. All right, let's take a quick break. Uh, I need to remind you about applied research. Applied Research has several studies going on now. They need people to uh, volunteer for these studies. Uh, you get paid uh, on the studies. And I guess using it volunteer is not the right terminology. But they have all of these different um, 
medical studies about uh, salves and, uh, you know, different kinds of treatments that they are uh, in the last stages of testing. And, uh, you know, you're not going to be like the first person to ever take have taken one of these. They got a uh, atopic dermatitis uh, study going on. This is for moderate uh, eczema. Uh, participants must be 18 years or older and clinically diagnosed with moderate eczema. Uh, they'll uh, get with you on that if you meet the parameters on it. They've got a moderate to severe acne study. Uh, this is for people ages 9 and older and have 20 to 50 inflammatory facial lesions. At this time, remember, it's only on the face. And then finally, how about the testosterone study? Men 45 to 80 years old with low testosterone and are at risk for cardiovascular disease or events, you can be eligible to participate in the clinical trial studying the effects of a investigative testosterone replacement drug. To find out if you are, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, available or you you can uh, do these tests, go 501-954-7822. Call 501-954-7822. Or if you want to see more information about the different clinical studies that they have going on at Applied Research, go to A-R-C Arkansas. That's one word, A-R-C Arkansas.com. All right, we got a minute until we get to the news, so we won't start on another uh, uh, part of our discussion here until we get back from the news and a break that we've got scheduled and uh, some interesting, I think next uh, hour, the thing to talk about is when is this uh, group supposed to have their study all put down in writing so that everybody knows what it is that they've come up with? I mean, that's not just for the governor. That's for all the rest of the members of the Senate and, and the House. And uh, people can look at it and, and start saying, well, I like this, but I don't like that. Because you're going to have people that agree and disagree tell you right now democrats are going to mostly disagree i do believe uh that's why i'm glad to see that they did not do uh just raise the uh, or cut the taxes of those people at the very top of income level it gave them too easy of a target uh to be shooting at and already i i had seen where senator joyce elliott you know had been talking about well we got to give the poor people more money got to write them another check i i got problems with that but we'll talk about that coming up Right now, let's hear what's happening in the news. We are back with the Dave Ellswick Show, and Dave is back I'm in back. his chair. <laughs> I'm back. I'm here. Breathless. Yeah, it's called the bathroom is down the hall. Right? And I tell you, that's just the way it, it runs. Hey, Jeremy, what's the easiest way to tell people what all of this means? I mean, we're ta- we're sitting here talking numbers, you know, cut here raise there you get this you get that what for the for the average schmo that's out there or schmoet what does this what does this mean to them Mm -hmm. well for the average arkansan uh i think it depends on where your income level is um while this does provide income tax cuts for people up and down the distribution except at the very bottom uh there are more cuts at the top so something like 60 percent of the cuts are going to be to those with high income of 80000 around okay. that. And then the other 40% of the cuts go to people below that. Um, so we're actually going to start working now that we have a working plan 
uh, to to provide some scenarios. Say, you know, you're you're a married couple, you got two kids, and one of you makes thirty thousand, one of you makes fifty thousand. What's it going to mean for you? So we're going to try to put together some scenarios of what the income tax cut means for different types of, of families, uh, as well as what it means for uh, you know of any other tax changes. Right. So there's there's corporate tax changes. Uh, one thing they did, one tax increase they did propose was to index the uh, the gas tax to uh, a measure of inflation based on construction costs. So that's you know that's going to go up, right? Um, the maximum can go up is three percent a year in their proposal. So you know have some taxes like that that might go up to help pay for roads, um, but then your income taxes will be going down. So what we at Acre and with help from the Tax Foundation, we're going to start doing over the next few weeks and months is to put together some estimates of what it looks like for a typical family of different income levels so they can have an idea of what it really means for them. Yeah, I think that's really important because I think peop- a lot of people when we're sitting doing these shows like this, really policy wonk people kind of get it. But the average person that's out there working every day and is on the, tread- the treadmill basically trying to pay his bills and or her bills or whatever, their eyes just kind of glaze over. Well, what does this mean for mm-hmm. for me? We've got to be able to to explain it to people in a way that is easy for them to consume, is so to gonna, speak. Yeah. Is it going to be a cheeseburger or a car payment? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, in Arkansas currently, you know, we're the highest tax state of any state around us because being led by Democrats for so many years, you know, I talked to uh, – a man by the name of Lawrence over at Southwest Freight the other day, he delivers freight down into Texas, and they all tell him how, hey, we don't have, we don't have a state income tax in Texas, and they talk about their taxes and stuff. So Lawrence is thinking, it was asking me, uh, why do we have a state income tax in Arkansas and they don't have one in Texas? And uh, so I said, well, you know, in Arkansas, uh, we have a smaller economy in Texas. So they have to tax us more to keep to, to keep our government and keep our roads up, you know, to try to keep up with te- with Texas. So See, Ar- uh, Arkansas government likes to be big. Yeah, like Texas, yeah, we I want guess. to have a, but, we want to have a Texas sized government <laughs> with an Arkansas sized economy. But these are some great same things that you're saying. But it's hard for us to keep from being cynical because we've never seen them actually cut anything before as far as their spending so how are you going to say we're going to lower taxes but we're going to keep our spendings where it's at so i've got a, i've got an easy answer for the person for texas for okay. lawrence yeah 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 mine is this look at your property taxes <laughs> the other property and, uh, taxes and, uh, are and, t- and let me tell you what that hasn't been an issue in texas because they were able to write it off on their their uh, federal taxes they can't do it after this year it, is that it's right? done now they're going to see what it costs to not have a state income tax. Am I right, Jeremy? Yeah, so Texas has about the fifth highest property taxes in the country. Arkansas is about the fifth lowest so of the 50 states. So our, we have very low property taxes, but still people here don't like their property tax. I mean, here's one thing I think is important for understanding taxes is that, I mean, I've gone around and talked to a lot of people about taxes across the state, and a lot of people can tell you to the, to the dollar – What's their property tax bill? Oh, yeah. Like, they know that, right? If you ask them what their income tax bill is, I, I don't know. They have no idea. Is it more or less than your property tax bill? Like, I, I don't know, right? They just don't know because the income tax, they take away a little bit of time. You fill out your form at the end of the year, but still, like, how much did I pay? So that's what we're going to try to do with these estimates to say, 
here's how much you're probably paying income tax now. Here's how much it's going to go down to put it in real numbers that's for people that, so they can important. understand it. Because property tax, people know that because you get a bill. Uh, even if you even yeah. if you have a mortgage, you still you see the bill, right? If if you when you pay your sales tax, every time you buy something, you see that, right? Oh, they've added nine ten percent on top. But your income tax, how much am I really paying? Most people don't know. So we're going to try to to make that understandable that's how good. it affects different people. Well, the income tax is it, the way it, the way that it's it's. Um, charge to you, it, it keeps you from feeling it because you never get the money in the first place, whereas our, our property taxes, mm-hmm. we have to write a check for that. Yeah, see, Mil- most Milton people- Friedman said that was the worst thing, the worst yeah. idea he ever came up with was withholdings withholding tax yeah because you don't see it and these days you don't even get a check stubbed it has it in front of you and here's what's interesting about it even even when you got a tax stub people would say something like oh well that's the government's money anyway yeah (laughs) yeah milton friedman never let me just be honest i've had him on many a time when he was alive he never wanted people to feel like it was the government's <laughs> money. Yeah. No, it's yours yeah, in the first a, place. I mean, that was, that was introduced during World War II because they needed the money to pay for the war right now, right? So they need the money now. The government couldn't wait till the end of the year because mm-hmm. they had to fight the war. But it stuck around after the war uh, <laughs> when, when we don't have as much, you know, life or death situation. Right. And, right. and it keeps people dumb. Yeah. Ha- Eternal <laughs> life in the government. Taxes. <laughs> Said Ron I, right I've, I've been told that the uh, – that the uh, Supreme Court has ruled that uh, income tax is unconstitutional. Uh, is that is that true? Uh, you'd have to give me the, the case. Oh, I'm not that. We're going to look. We're gonna that, look. Sounds, that sounds like a Robert. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, we're going to look. Well, yeah, we'll have to ask Robert about that. But, but that might be but, one of those pieces of case law that the Supreme Court decides. You know, we don't actually believe in case law in this case. But yeah, well, there was a constitutional amendment. So unless there is a problem with that, it's one of the things that's definitely in the Constitution. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is one of the things that, that you said today, that uh, Jeremy, that I really like, and that is uh, combining the three lower tax brackets together so people can move from, from one to the next without getting penalized because we want to incentivize people to succeed and we want to incentivize people to go to school or to work extra hours and, and take training and, and, and improve themselves and not feel like, that they need to get stuck at a barrier before they can to move up. So good work on, on the suggestions, and I'd like for you to push your book that you got over there. I've got a copy of that at home, and I'd like you to, to push that a little bit. So thank you for your work, and sure, yeah. tell people about that book you've got there. Yeah, so this is a book that we wrote. Uh, we came out in November, November of 2016, so we were working on this two summers ago. Um, it's called Arkansas, the Roadmap to Tax Reform. And we're not selling it. We're giving it away. So you can get it free off of our website. Uh, we worked on it with the Tax Foundation in Washington, D.C. It's on their website. Or if you if you ever want a copy, just contact us at Acre, and we'll be happy to, to get you one or get you a couple of them. Uh, it's really intended as a way to both you know tell people where the Arkansas tax system is, how to get here, and, and where do we think it should go to improve it. And so this is something that you know we go to these task force meetings, and we see – you know. Legislators and people from the you know the government bureaus have that on their desk. They're using it as a reference, which is exactly how we intended it to to be. Even for people that don't like every aspect of what we recommended, there's just a lot of good reference material in there on where Arkansas is, how we compare to other states, and and what things we think could be improved. I have a curiosity question. We covered sin taxes earlier, and I was interested to see that that was not included. What about? And I don't know the right phrase for this. The idea that we we do not want 
um, it's called business inputs. You know, all the pieces that go into a final product not being right. taxed all along the way. What what was Value done added. or not done on that? Yeah, there Please. was. So this is the the idea that we've we've talked a lot about, which is that if you have a sales tax, it should it should only hit the final purchase of the good. It shouldn't be hitting it multiple times, or for some industries, hitting it three or four times. Uh, it should hit each good once at the end. Um, but for a lot of things where there's you know inputs that are bought and sold, it might hit it more than once. Uh, so there wasn't a whole lot done on that, but here's an example of one thing they did today. Uh, so uh, ATVs, all-terrain vehicles, are already exempt from the sales tax, but some of those are business inputs, like for farms. Some of them are just recreational vehicles. So ideally... Uh, you wouldn't tax the farmers because that's part of their business. But if someone's just buying it for fun to tool around with, that that should be taxed. That's a final consumption good. So what they propose to do is to to tax those. But then if you're a farmer, you can you can get a rebate for the tax you paid. So ATVs, their recommendation is ATVs should be taxed. But if you're a farmer, then you will get a rebate for all the tax that you paid on it, uh, which is a which is a you know I think a a good way to do this because that's a good where some of the sales are for people doing it for fun. Some of it's as a business input and some of it's for people using for their home as well, but it's, it's the business ones we want to exempt. So it's only taxed. So, you know, that, that tax isn't then built into the farmer's products, right? We want it to just be taxed at that's the, the end. Way I'd like to see it. So, yeah. so how, how about doing that with um, business vehicles? Mm-hmm. That, that's a huge tax right now that business owners have to pay for their, that you go out and buy a, a truck for $70,000. That's a big chunk of, sales tax you pay for that truck and it's a business product or it's a it's a it's a it's an input to your business and you may be um, charging sales taxes for your for your services that you're offering um in your business right yeah that's another thing where um with that one in some cases you can get get it rebated um, really but um i i don't know all the details of when and how right that's not one that the task force ever took up so mm-hmm. we didn't really look at it uh, but for all those things we would say you know there's some goods that only businesses are buying them, right? Those should be exempt. There's some things that only consumers are buying, so those should be taxed. But for the things like cars, some of those are for business, some aren't. And that's they need to take a hard look at that and make sure that you're only taxing it if it's a final purchase rather than a business input. And so I would hope that as they, you know, taxes are going to come up every year, they do, that they look at doing more of these sorts of things where they're not taxing it when a business purchases it but they're still not missing out on revenue because we have a sales tax that's supposed to cover final purchase of goods and services that, that should cover it. So I think I'm hearing this this big scary list of 43 supposed exemptions that we're all going to get you know, re- eliminated, which would have raised our taxes on all sorts of different things. That just wasn't part of the picture today, huh? Uh, that – no. I mean – Not fact, trying to put words in your no, mouth. No. But <laughs> Even leading up to this, I mean they had meetings on sales taxes several months ago. And most of them, they just took off the table mm-hmm. back then. Groceries. Groceries. That, that was taken <laughs> off the table. And so they didn't even have to vote on that today because it was already off the table. Um, but really, like I said earlier, um, magazine subscriptions and uh, the uh, uh, ATVs, those are like really the only ones. And those wow. in terms of revenue, wow. those are like – those are very small. I right? think this is very, very good news. I, yeah, except, I think, except if they are, if it holds, are looking to, to to impose internet sales tax. Well, again, in the overall picture, we we escaped forty three <laughs> or forty <laughs> forty one, maybe. All right, let's uh, take a break. When we come back, uh, Jeremy can tell us when this report's supposed to be ready, 
can we get a copy of it as the public to see it and things that i don't know if he knows that or not but i ask him rd still had a question so we'll come back and finish up this hour here in just a moment on the dave ellswick show talking taxes hey you know there's a lot of big changes still going on at horton's orthotics and prosthetics their original location that was built in the 80s over on 12th street is being changed right now into a state-of-the-art facility with uh, the latest technology and prosthetics and orthotics, a uh, big, large new waiting room, central heat and air, new gate room, a new mastectomy area just for mastectomy patients with privacy and comfort while you're being fitted. It's a lot of things. They got they got a 3D printer that they've brought in. They're just waiting for uh, the uh, material that they're going to make these uh, prosthetics out of to be strong enough to hold up. Once that happens, the whole way they do prosthetics is going to completely change for the better. And it's all because Hortons tries to stay at the, the forefront of everything because they want you to be able to get the mobility that you want from the prosthetic or the uh, orthotic that you're getting. Remember, they'll have six locations with the new updated facility in Little Rock, the other five, North Little Rock, Bryant, Conway, Fort Smith, and Searcy. Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics, providing a lifetime of support. All right, Artie, you had one final question. Let's let you jump in. Right. One quick suggestion. The One of the worst uh, taxes, I think, in the state of Arkansas that hurts the working class people is the used car tax because people buying uh, cars for the kids going to college and people buying used cars for trying to get back, uh, back and forth to work for minimum wage jobs. So I hope they'll put that on the table. But, hey, well, one thing, Jeremy, uh, when you're measuring the income of the state, do you separate the fees like this new tire fee they come up with and uh, different fees they add on everything? Do you separate the income when you're measuring uh, the fees from the taxes or do you put them all in the same bucket? Uh, we do it both ways, right? So we have okay. a, we have a, and there's a, there's lots of there's also federal revenue that's a big part of it too. Sure. Right? So we separate that out into taxes, fees, and then things and and other things like you know college tuition. I mean that's revenue in part for the state, right? So there's right. some things where you're paying for a service, some things where it's a fee, some of it's federal government revenue uh, that's you know for especially for Medicaid. So yeah, we do separate those out. Um, and there's all these different budgets too. There's the general budget and lots of other ones. So it gets a little complicated, but yeah, it's it's useful to think about those differently because they are treated differently in law. I mean, raising right. a fee, there's a different process sometimes in raising a tax. Um, yeah, so. it's usually some, a lot of times it's easier to, to to raise a fee than it is a tax sometimes. So, but. <laughs> But and I'd say like to say one quick comment. This was very helpful for me when I was on the county quorum court, and it was very interesting to me that how the how you break out uh, city and county and state fees, then measure all the other states against Arkansas by by how that's weighted between the cities and counties. That was very helpful. Yeah, thanks. We tried to make it useful. So I'm glad glad yeah. you guys found it useful. All right, so the uh, report itself again. When is it supposed to come out? And I know you're not a member of the of the force, but uh, will the average Arkansan be able to get a copy of this as well? Do you I would, know? I would hope so. I mean, if we get a copy, we'll make sure everyone else does. But it's, <laughs> I think, September 1st or sometime in September they're supposed to have it written. Um, that means it'll be out well before the election. Um, so big question is, you know, are people going to campaign on this? Is it going to be an issue in either, you know, the governor's race or in any, any other races? Um, you know, is this something that people are going to support? Because ultimately – 
the legislature has to pass all these recommendations. They don't – nothing they, happens yet. And so they can totally ignore them if they choose. They can totally ignore them. They can do something better. They can do something worse. Uh, they can they can do whatever they want. And you do have some turnover that's going to happen in, in both houses, especially the House. Um, and you're going to have new committees formed. I mean all that's – you do it over. So it's like a new legislature. So you, you never know what's going to happen and we'll, we'll keep on this and, and make sure that – um, we, we're given the same kind of good input we have been so, giving. So has the, gov- has the governor allowed anything to leak out from his office about what he thinks and how things are going? Not that I've heard. Maybe you have. But, I have I mean, not. I, I mean, have his not. plan was, was to cut the top rate, but to cut it more. Um, so, you know, this is half of what he wanted. So I, w- I would think it's in the general direction he liked. But I think, you know, in this and in most states, you know, having the governor's support um, for something like this does help a lot. So I think that'll be another factor in terms of uh, whether this, this gets passed or not, and in, in what form it is. How much with elections right around the corner? How much um, influence do you think that will have with how these legislators are supporting these different measures? It's hard to say. I think you know maybe if there were a lot of sales tax exemptions eliminated, that might you know that might harm particular districts. That might have influenced some of those races. But there just aren't a, lot, a whole lot of those things. They're just they're not. They're not targeting anything like that where I would expect it to have, you know, a, a particular influence on any race. But I think, you know, everyone in the legislature is going to have to be voting for or against this package or pieces of it. So it, I, I would hope it's at least discussed um, by everyone who's running as to how, you know, what do they think of this? It's 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 going to be one of the big issues they're going to tackle at the next session. And voters should ask. I hope they do. All right. So uh, website that you all have. Should people be going there, and you guys will be offering uh, some of your opinions on yep. on this before? Yeah, it's uh, uca.edu slash acre, and also you can follow me on Twitter, jmhorp on Twitter. I try to post lots about this and other stuff I'm interested in too, uh, but um, uh, follow us, uh, follow Acre on Facebook and Twitter too, and uh, we we post updates pretty much every week when the, when these things are going on as far as where they're at how it conforms to the book we wrote or how it is maybe in conflict with it and so we'll try to keep everyone updated that that's what we do we're an educational organization we want to just keep people informed and you also and you'll also educate other teachers around the state too don't you yeah that's we we've started uh, uh, a a teacher education program for high school teachers economics is a requirement in arkansas high schools and uh uh, it's a pretty new requirement, so a lot of the, the schools have kind of thrust someone into that position that maybe didn't have any training, and we're, we now have a training program where we're providing free materials for teachers to teach high school economics. And we've Is it called Why Capitalism Rules? <laughs> it's, it's called Teaching Free Enterprise in Arkansas. There you go. So, That's so as not, close not as quite, I can. That's so, so, I, so I actually attended one of these, part of it, part of one of these the other day, and they, they, one minute. they, showed, um, they showed one of the games for kids to play. And, and basically, they passed out a whole bunch of different items for the kids, or in this case, it was a bunch of us. And um, and then then they took a, took a poll of how happy we were, and then they let us trade. They took another poll of how happy we were, and we got richer basically because we traded. And there was no increase Peacefully. of stuff. Yeah, Peacefully, trade. yes, free we trade. yes. And so th- so the, it illustrates how that free trade makes everybody happier. Yeah, that's a game that you can play with, you know, second graders, and they get it. Yeah, you know, they get they get better candy yeah. <laughs> by trading. <laughs> Jeremy, thanks so much for coming yeah, on thanks, on Dave. very short notice. I mean, like at 
135 <laughs> in the afternoon for three o'clock thanks a lot jeremy of course anytime, we'll get dude. you on again all right we got another hour we'll get to it in just a moment we're going to talk a little bit about uh nice what was what, yes. the what's the group uh that uh, got thrown out of the restaurant the other night or got ha- hassled turning point usa turning point usa all of my signs in my studio are courtesy of Turning Point USA. So we'll talk about them in a moment, what happened to them uh, the other night. We'll hear about it in just a moment on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. We are back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And I'm sitting in, in pontipulate, contemplate, pontipulate? <laughs> I'm contemplating. Take another drink. Uh, take yeah, <laughs> I can't take another drink. I just started another pot of coffee. That's the problem. I got more more coffee that I need to drink. In fact, I here's the problem: I haven't had a cup of coffee yet today. No, I am you totally had coffee totally today? dry today. Whoa. Going crazy, just absolutely going I crazy. Told you to sober up before you start. <laughs> <laughs> That's he true. Serious. Anyway, the left is you know as we've talked about here on the show, have really gotten crazy. I mean, beyond crazy. I mean, really crazy. And I I could get into some really crazy theories that are out. Uh, in the world today some that two weeks ago or up to just friday i would have told you were just over the top but after seeing apple watching google watching all you know facebook go after go after Mm -hmm. alex jones yep now everybody knows i'm going to repeat to you again what i said when i talked about this a little bit yesterday well, well, more than just a little bit. We talked about it a lot. Robert Steinbach and I were talking about this. And, uh, you know, no, Rob is with us, too? Good. Hey. hey, Robert, how are you? Let me bring him up here. Well, there we got him. Mm-hmm. We got, he can hear you I now? Now we got him. Okay. <laughs> I keep wanting to push the button, and, and Russ keeps beating me to it. Hey, Robert. Hey, my friend, I saw on the Twitter, you know, I'm a master of the social media, I say with all sarcasm. <laughs> and I saw I saw on the Twitter that you talk in open carry. I said, I better get in touch with Dave. Yeah, well, we've, we've already, I've already moved beyond that uh, <laughs> because we did that in the first hour. But we are getting ready to talk about First Amendment again. So oh, it, 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 I'm telling you, you and I are 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 connected at the hip. Indeed, for the two, next two crazy old, two crazy old guys. Yeah, that's about. To, that's what probably people think about me. I don't know about you. You look like a. You look a lot younger than I am. But here's the key about this. Did you see? The, I sent the story to you. Did yeah. not that story I sent to you today? Unbelievable. Uh, concerning the in the Senate, there are people exactly. in the Senate now that are saying that uh, the government should take over the internet those would be and democrats this, and this democrats is, and this Senate. is what we i mean we talked we couldn't have talked about them more than 22 hours ago <laughs> uh, it's in all joking aside and we do a lot of joking the prescience is unbelievable uh, this because it's almost as if if you took a comic book and you said uh, you t- made a a fictional a character for a comic book, and you called it Democrat person, and it, it runs around in blue tights with a big D on their chest. And what more absurd thing could they do? This character, Democrat person, and sure enough, 
We're seeing it again. They're talking about taking over the means of communication, and their claim is that's for openness, for speech. It's this 1984 novel-like logic where they're turning rationality on its head. You don't create more freedom of speech and communication by putting the control of the means of communication in the hands of government. That's called an authoritarian system. We know that already. But the, the, the leftists have become so apoplectic at what's going on with some conservatives, and moreover, and more importantly, with Trump, that they have abandoned all reason and rationality. They have abandoned all the principle. And if it's bad for Trump in their eyes, it's good for America. And that's the kind of short-sightedness that led them to abandon the filibuster for judges. And now they are getting their, uh, their comeuppance on that. And they're going to get their comeuppance on their abandonment of the First Amendment as well. All right. Well, let me read a little bit of this article. And if it doesn't chill people, then there's something wrong. You're not thinking about what all this means. This was written, by the way, just so you know, by Senator Mark Warner. <coughs> Democratic Senator Mark Warner. Here are some things that he said we need. Mandatory location verification. The paper says forcing social media platforms to authenticate and disclose the geographic origin of all user accounts or posts. Amazing. Mandatory identity verification. The paper suggests forcing social media and tech platforms to authenticate user identities and only allow, in using air quotes here, author, you know, authentic accounts, in author, uh, uh, authentic co- accounts not only pose threats to our democratic process but undermine the integrity of digital markets. With failure to appropriately address inauthentic account activity punishable as a violation of both SEC disclosure rules and or Section 5 of the FTC Act. But, if I can interrupt for a second. Yeah, then, go ahead. To be clear, IDs to use your Internet at home, no IDs to vote. Do I have that straight? <laughs> yeah, Do I that's have right. That straight? Yeah. Show up to vote, no ID necessary. Show up with a paper bag over your head and say you're, what was the character <laughs> from the gong show with the paper bag? Yeah. <laughs> right? The unknown uh, comic. Yeah, yeah, hey, I'm the unknown comic. I'm here to vote. Uh-huh. It's okay. So, so you better show your papers uh, when it comes to using the internet. Okay, democracy is palpable. Here we go. We got more uh, bot right. labeling. Warner's paper suggests forcing companies to somehow label bots or be penalized. No word from Warner on how this is remotely feasible. Define huh. the popular tech as essential facilities. These would be subject to all sorts of heightened rules and controls, says the paper offering Google Maps as an example of the kinds of apps or platforms that might count. The law would not mandate that a dominant provider offered the the service for free, (laughs) writes Warner. Rather, it would be required to offer it on reasonable and non-discriminatory terms Hmm. provided by the government. Ha! Ha! Unbelievable. I mean, this, this this smacks of totalitarianism, folks. It doesn't exactly. smack. It is. Yeah. 
when the government has that kind of control, and we're already seeing so much of it now with all the shadow banning and all the different things happening to but conservatives here you go, online. Elizabeth. Here's, here's the worst one, Robert, out of all of them. I'm waiting. The paper says, making it a rule that tech platforms above a certain size <laughs> must turn over internal data and processes to independent public interest researchers sir, researchers so they can identify potential public health addiction effects, anti-competitive behavior, <laughs> radicalization scams, user-propagated misinformation, and harassment, data that can be used to inform actions by regulators or Congress. Oh. Oh. It, it, it's, it's just so telling is many of the views that we don't like are wrong and can't be communicated. That last part is the key here. Yes, of course, leftists disagree with conservatives. Conservatives disagree with liberals and leftists, and they're different, by the way. I I, I once uh, used the term interchangeably, and I shouldn't, because that's a mistake. They're different. Um, uh, But uh, uh, so, of course, there's disagreement, but the new left has a new idea that nobody else in the political spectrum has, and that is, if we disagree with you, not only are you wrong, you can't say that. And, and you, you, should be, you should be arrested if you do. That's right. Well, hate <laughs> speech. Look at North Korea. Take a, and who take gets a to look. decide? <laughs> Let's take a look at what has happened to a website like InfoWars. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I've stated, I guess i got to state it one more time for everybody, I, I believe Alex Jones is a charlatan. He's mm-hmm. a guy that would get up and say just about anything to make sure that it feeds the frenzy uh, of mm-hmm. the people who follow him. And mm-hmm. uh, he'll take, he'll t- now I'm going to tell you, if you dig through all the crap, I mean, it's kind of like if they dropped you in a sewer and uh, put you in blindfolded, that you might find the pearl at the bottom of all the crap. I mean, that just mm-hmm. might happen. But the mm-hmm. bottom line is it's mostly crap that they filled up in that uh, that sewer that you're going through with Alex Jones. So, I mean, he's he's I mean to say that Sandy Hook didn't happen and things of that nature. This is crazy stuff. So, he's basically like a tabloid. He's worse than that. Worse than. Okay. Yeah, he is worse than a tabloid. Uh But but your point is right, Dave, but, which is notwithstanding that He's a crackpot that says crackpottish things, uh, or as we like to say on this show, crack pottery. Uh, yeah. That, that, yeah I, I go down to the crack pottery bar, and that's higher education in America. Today, that's right. Um, and, and, but in any event, that's the whole idea about free speech. That's right. And, and, and here's a, another secret. I bet you there are folks out there that say that about you and me yep. and all the folks on the power panel. And my response to that is, say it. I know. Listen, I heard somebody the other day. I was sitting at a at the counter uh, at uh, BJ's. I was having a soda, and I heard somebody say that about RD. I couldn't mm-hmm. believe it, but they said that about RD. He was a crackpot. Is that right? Well, that doesn't surprise doesn't surprise me. Any. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But Dave, that was you. Dave, yeah. you were talking to your wife. Yeah, I know. What can I tell you? I'm just, gotcha. I'm, I'm just, I'm just telling you. It's, it, you know, I'm not worried about people out there 
making all kinds of claims and stuff. You can you can you can go through it. What I'm afraid is somebody saying, "I'll control those people exactly. so that you don't have to deal with them." Because they may be wanting not me to deal with people that I want to hear from. We will tell you well, what to things think. have changed. You know, whenever Bill Clinton was elected president, you know he didn't pass the he didn't uh, carry the state of Arkansas, if I remember correctly. And we thought, oh no, we've got a leftist, bigger government person in the president's house. We in the president, we knew that. But you know, back then, Americans disagreed with each other had different philosophies. Some people thought government was the was a paternal and would make us all better if we there's let them be our parents. That. And Maybe. there's people that believe that less government and more freedom creates a stronger uh, America and a better economy. We are always going to disagree, but we need to be Americans with different philosophies, meet in the middle somewhere, and treat each other with respect. We saw that with Bill Clinton. I hate to say it. We did. But we do not see it with the, with his wife or the people that are going down now. And here's what's what's happened: instead of killing people, you just you silence people other ways. Absolutely, you got three choices: you got the soapbox, you got the ballot box, and the third one is the ammo box. Yeah, and that's why we have free speech. That's why, and Robert, you know where I'm going with this. That's why we have the First Amendment and the Second Amendment, and that's why is to protect our speech. Yeah, and if they take away absolutely. our speech, I am terribly, terribly afraid that right. the ammo box will be the next choice. This get tyrannical. But, 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 no. they're, but they're trying to take away the ammo box, too. Yeah, so let me jump in and say that Robert Steinbach is uh, joining us today. Uh, I always like to bring him on when we talk about First Amendment issues, and since that's what we'll be talking about for a while longer, we'll keep him along with us. But his opinions are his and his alone and not that of the Bowen School of Law or UALR. Let's take our break. We'll come back. we got more for you. All right, 427, Robert Steinbach is here, Elizabeth, R.D., and Paul. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just really, really concerned, to be honest with you, when I start – whether there's any kind of, uh, you know, uh, connection with a lot of people in the Democratic Party about this yet, or this is just a few of them starting to float something out there, when they start floating this stuff, it's dangerous. That's dangerous stuff, and it's being float, floated in secrecy. Somebody just happened to be sent this from a... Uh, um, a, a Reporting group. What is, what's that new group called? A X E O I S or whatever. Axios. 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 Yeah, Axios. Somebody sent that sent that information to them uh, on Warner's mm-hmm. personal stationery, mm-hmm. so they could see that he was the one that was floating that out there. That's just that's dangerous stuff there that the guy, that they're talking about. Absolutely. And he's no wingnut, generally, meaning if he's saying these kinds of things, this is getting voice uh, amongst the left uh, more than you might think. So so you're saying it's becoming mainstream among the left. And the thing is, though, that what you've got is you've got a lot of um, people in education and wherever else laying the foundations for this stuff, I think. I mean, we've we've got – this this powerful system in America that that lays the foundation for, for leftist ideology, and you, you put children right. in it, starting at about four or five years old, and they go and they stay in it for 
a lot of time until they're in the mid 20s well that's what a lot of people need to understand is what we're seeing now is a result of perhaps 18 years ago of being taught to them robert can you stay with us or do you have to run i can stay with you okay we're going to hold you there uh we got to take a break got to pay the bills when we come back uh we will pick it up again we want to play a piece of uh audio that i have from last night's hannity show because it goes to uh, kind of the the heart of this matter that we're talking about right now if you want to know what the impact of the internet has been the same impact that the printing press has i think that's the best way to look at the internet we'll take a break we'll be back after this all right back with you let me play this uh, piece for you right off the bat uh about uh, candace uh from uh was it Turning, Turning Point, Point USA. USA with Charlie Kirk? Yeah, they were out, what, having breakfast? Breakfast. And just a meeting, just having yeah, breakfast. And, had some, and they had some people hassle them. And then Maxine they hassled, Waters. Ha, they, ha, they hassled her uh, even more, even after they left. And this was a segment that uh, aired on Hannity. I want you to listen to it. Robert, here we go. It is now Turning Point USA founder Charlie Kirk, Turning Point USA Communications Director Candace Owens, both friends of the show, Pam Bondi, Secretary Nielsen, Sarah Sanders, Melania Trump, Ivanka Trump, a 12-year-old kid, Barron Trump, a four-year-old granddaughter, Chloe Trump. This is, you know, the media talks about them because they say you suck and they're worried. This was, you actually got physically assaulted correct yeah water thrown on myself uh, they threw an egg at me and and here's the interesting part candace and i were just minding our own business we were just having you know a quiet breakfast and they mobilized within 20 or 30 minutes at least 50 of them came into the restaurant started calling candace a nazi which i can't quite figure out how on earth they would come to there that were racial comments made too right absolutely not what they said what tell everybody not just to me they also to the police officers this was a primarily black police force this is philadelphia um there was only one white police officer the rest were black and hispanic they called us race traitors they were saying f the police and they were saying that all police are racist despite the fact that this was an all-white group antifa facing an all-black police force and myself telling us essentially that we had I to go. I did notice that you both kept your cool and you stayed out. You were not going to go back in. I would probably, if I was there, I would have stayed out because I'm a lunatic, but <laughs> I would have advised you guys to go inside. Well, so But the, you felt it was important not yeah, to. Well, they drove us out of the restaurant, and Candace and I said, you know what, let's just stand here for a couple minutes and, and show them that we're not going to back down. Very peacefully, we're not going to retaliate if things get thrown at us. Little did we know we actually have stuff thrown at us. But look, we don't want to play the victim card here. That's what the left does all the time. Instead, not the victim you, card, but this is... Okay. This is a warning. This is what's called on by Maxine Waters. That this was is our a, first Wait a minute. Get in their face. Get in their face in grocery stores, in the mall, if I remember correctly. In restaurants, she in said. In restaurants. Yeah, so this is Maxine Waters' America, and we felt it was an important moment to show America exactly what we are fighting, because not many people understand this is real. They've grown increasingly violent because they understand that they are losing. They're losing a lot of turf. Is this, uh, when I first met you, I did say what Charlie said, because he thinks he discovered you. Okay, <laughs> you didn't discover... She was a star under me. I did say I saw a great future for both of you, to be fair. Um, has, it been a, has there been a lot of this? 
Um, when they're expecting us, yes, if we're on campuses, of course, if we're going to give us a talk anywhere, of course. But this was unusual because uh, we weren't at a Trump rally. We weren't on a campus. We were simply having coffee in a coffee shop. So sad. Yeah. You know, Sarah Sanders' kids thrown out of a restaurant. You know, I don't talk about it. I know the left. I was said last week, I'd be the first to jump in. If I'm at an event and anybody put laid a hand on even Jim Acosta, I would ju- I'm, I train an hour and a half a day mixed martial arts. I fight, and it's real fighting. And I would defend anybody against physical violence, but it's not the same if you're using words. Here, they actually chased you out of the restaurant, and you were physically really assaulted. That, that's correct. And we made the, the decision not to press charges because, look, we're, we're not going to try to do what the left would do and try to create martyrs, so on and so forth. Instead, what we want to do is focus on as a warning sign to the American people that if the Democrats take back Congress, you're going to be electing these radicals. Well, those are the to be people that want to impeach the president. That's correct. They want open borders, eliminate ICE, keep Obamacare. They want their crumbs back and they want these investigations to stop. That's exactly right. And they had a bullhorn and they were very close to my face, screaming in my ear. It was reminiscence of, of the civil rights era. This is what you would expect at the civil rights era if a black woman was dining at a restaurant. You know, you, you've been through a lot, though. This is not the first time. It seems that race comes up a lot because you happen to be conservative and you happen to be an African-American. That's correct. This is every... Deneen Borelli's book, remember I mentioned it to you? Mm-hmm. You know, read the Google my name and the most terrific names come up. That's correct, because her. liberals believe that they own blacks still. They believe that there is something proprietary about being black in this country. And if you deviate from the way that they want you to think and the way that they want you to act, they grow violent. And it's changing. Did you see the poll, Rasmussen? I did. You had predicted this to me. I did. I said there's going to be a major black exit from the Democratic Party because we're starting to figure it out. We're looking at the history, which they've wiped. And we are realizing that the Democratic Party was always racist. All right. Interesting. I can I can concur with that. I, look, I've. I, I had Candace on at CPAC two years ago mm-hmm. when she was there. Uh, I've had Charlie on a couple of times because Turning Point USA, I love them. I, I literally they're love those young people. people they are down, they're downstairs, and they got all these uh, college kids and stuff at CPAC. And then I would spend one hour. I would bring up as many of them as we could and just talk to them on the air and stuff. And it was great to hear what they had to say. So they showered me with all kinds of stuff for the studio and everything that we've got here. And uh, a lot of you may have missed a story that they were tossed off Arkansas State University uh, just a few months back. And it is the reason, the last reason that I needed to get this uh, information uh, for freedom of speech in Arkansas and college campuses. I am so tired of the safe spaces and all the other crap that the left has been pushing for years now and nobody pushing back. Well, I'm getting ready to push back, and you'll hear more about it starting in January. We're going to try to stop all of this, and and groups like uh, Turning Point USA will be able to come on a college campus and present their information uh, to the students on that campus, which is was stopped at ASU. You know, I, I know that, you know, you remember that, Robert. They were just told to get off the campus. Absolutely, right? And it's this notion of free speech zone. Last time I checked, the Constitution says a free speech zone is the United States of America. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Right. And these and these are public schools, typically. And the public schools are deciding that on the vast majority, you don't have free speech. 
Really? In, in public it, places, no less. Indeed. In public places, right. at public schools, uh, and it ties back, by the way, to what you guys were talking about earlier indirectly about campus carry. Uh, and, and you hear the leftists, they come out and they say, well, the school administrators didn't want that. They voted against that. First of all, they didn't vote on anything. They just decided. But camp, campus administrators, since when do they decide what goes on on public lands? Right, Their job is to run the business of a school. Fine. That's what they were hired for. What about the rest of us who pay taxes? What about those of us who pay taxes for these places? You know, what if I wanted exactly. to go onto a college campus and, and pass out campaign flyers or something like that? Should I have to go and get permission from the, um, from the, um, from the school board or whoever it is, the, um, the administrators? It's not before even I can... the board, right? It's a sub- some administrator. Go check in, right. Paul. Sorry, right. your views may not be welcome right. here it... because you don't match the views of, quote, the institution. How do we know what the views of the institution are? What some individual administrator determined. Well, they lobby against us all the time. There, if you go to any educational issue or, or anything like that, you're going to see that the, our state employees lobbying against our rights at the state capitol on a regular basis. Well, you know, R.D. Raise an raises an excellent point that we talked about before. Paul has raised this issue. How is it that we have government officials being paid by taxpayers going to the Hill, going to the Capitol, and testifying against the interests of the public? And the example that we have talked about before is they've testified against the FOIA. They've literally gone up to the Capitol and say, hey, I work for such and such agency, paid by taxpayers, and I would like less transparency. I would like the FOIA not to cover me so I have less work to do and people know less about the work that I do do. How is that proper? Well, they testified one time, you know, the park testing that we had in the high schools with these terrible Mm -hmm. tests that were filled with Common Core. And uh, so I went up to testify against this park testing because my children were being subjected to it, and uh, it wasn't going well. So there was about 10 school board, uh, uh, not school board, but 10 superintendents there, and these teachers talking about how we have to have this standardized testing in Arkansas so it's equal with all the other states and how it improved our education system. I was the only parent there testifying against it. It turned out the park testing was so bad that year, they ended up throwing it out and not even using it. So how <laughs> was go. all these educators there testifying about something that was so bad they had to throw out? Right, and, and they were there probably on our taxpayer dollars. And whereas, you know, if I worked for RD and he, and let's say he gave me a company credit card to, to deal with, company business and i use that to go campaign with and to lobby the legislature i'd go to jail for that potentially why is it that government get agents fired. get a free pass on that <laughs> i don't know all right so just a day after what looked like a major tech attack on uh, conservative media uh alex jones whose various social media accounts were banned or suspended in a matter of hours the uh, crackdown against alternative media figures continues as several libertarian figures, including the Ron Paul Institute director, found that their Twitter accounts had been suspended. Two more casualties of the Twitter purge uh, voices of the, the fight that's going on here. Could you be next? On Monday, Twitter suspended the editorial director of antiwar.com, Scott Horton, 
former State Department employee Peter Van Buren and Dan McAdams, the executive director of the Ron Paul Institute. Horton, Van Buren, and McAdams have been suspended from Twitter, it says. Mm -hmm. Uh, Horton was reportedly disciplined for the use of, quote, improper language against journalist Jonathan Katz, he said in a brief statement, while McAdams was suspended for retweeting him. Past tweets in both accounts were available to the public at the time of the writing, unlike the account of Van Buren, which was fully suspended. According to Target Liberty, Horton and McAdams fell victim of Twitter's suspension algorithm after objecting to Katz's quarrel with Van Buren over an earlier interview. The suspensions come days after Twitter suspended black conservative Candace Mm -hmm. Owen from Twitter for highlighting the algorithmic hypocrisy of Twitter by replacing the word white with Jewish in a series of tweets modeled on those by New York Times editor Sarah Zhang just after controversial conservative Alex Jones and his podcast InfoWars were kicked out from most social media platforms, prompting conservatives to accuse the social networks of collusion and a collective crackdown on non-mainstream voices. Now, what's interesting about that, going back to what they did, uh, what was done there was that uh, Candace, uh, or uh, yeah, Candace went in and replaced mm-hmm. Jewish with white and got kicked off of Twitter. It was okay for the new New York Times reporter to say the things she said. And by the way, she was not removed from Twitter. Right. But when Candace Owens took the exact same tweet, took out the word white and put the word Jewish yeah. and retweeted it, she was kicked off Twitter immediately. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because because whites are the only group that you're allowed, uh, you know, just to be clear, I'm putting it in air quotes for for the (laughs) listener, but you're allowed to discriminate against. And uh, it's remarkable. You'll sit in a meeting. I've seen it happen. Uh, We Mm -hmm. sit in a meeting. Wow, that's a bunch of old white guys. Could you imagine saying that about any other race? That's a bunch of old or young such and such or so and so? Not allowed. but, but, but But the left? seems to have vilified and then they talk about the vilification of groups and they vilify white folks it's really remarkable now they're vilifying candace owens and she's not white no i mean they were they were (laughs) accusing that woman of being a racist yesterday yeah which is you know beyond understanding well let's understand this has been going on for some time clarence thomas has been has been the house in all right, they've called him the House in. How dare you not of, do what we demand you of do? The social, uh, of the, the Supreme Court. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of uh, the Secretary of State for Bush um, that works out at Stanford. Colin Powell. Colin, yeah. Powell. Colin Powell. No, not Colin Powell. Woman. Oh, um, Rice. Candace Rice. Oh. They Condoleezza call, Rice. Condoleezza yeah. Rice. Condoleezza yeah. Rice. Yeah. They called her an mm-hmm. Aunt Shemima. Yeah. I mean, you, you can go on and on. The left has been doing this for years. Well, they control take, the narrative, though, so it's okay. Yeah. If you take on Condoleezza Rice, you better do it in a one direction. <laughs> but see, that's just because she can take care of herself. Yeah, that's yeah, the way. That's, exactly that's right. the way that they, they you can do things. And there's no answer to that. Well, this is the result of 200 plus years of us, unfortunately, 
watching and allowing the left to take over every major piece of our society, academia, judicial, the media, you know, everywhere you go, they are in control. All right. We got to get a break in. Robert, stay with us. We got another another segment coming here on Dave Ellswick's show. You know, if you want a career, a new career that is going to really lead you up the ladder of success, think about PI Roofing and Home Solutions. Come build your future with them. PI Roofing and Home Solutions has career opportunities in their commercial roofing and service division, residential roofing and service division, and home solutions division. You can make a difference with them as you climb your ladder to success with PI Roofing. All you got to do is apply at piroofing.com or call them 501-707-3551. That number again, 501 501- 707-3551. I just thought of something, uh, Robert, during the break. Let me get I'll yeah. get everybody here on the panel's thoughts as well. Could Alex Jones, as unsympathetic of a person as he is, end up being this decade's Larry Flint? As right. un- unsympathetic exactly. as he was, he won his pornography uh, you know, case. It, they went because in his because it was constitutional. Because it was constitutional. Is Alex Jones going to end up being a footnote in history as being the tipping point on hate speech? Of course, I don't know, right? But but it's an interesting question because this is the thing: the left does a good job of elevating people that they don't want to elevate by so dramatically violating. Uh, the principles of free speech uh, when it comes to them and, and, and talking about pure censorship. And and now, you know, we yesterday we said, well, these are issues of private companies. And what we see one day later, 22 hours later, we already see that the conversation has changed and it's direct governmental censorship that we're hearing about. So it's, you know, this is a, this is the left at work. They, 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 they have gone, they've become an extremist party, right? You heard, what's her name, Cynthia Nixon on television saying, uh, we need to embrace the term socialist. By the way, have at it. I'm all for it. I'm all for full disclosure. I'm all for transparency. But this is not a mainstream philosophy. Socialism is dead. And, oh, I don't and know. I, th- I, I, I think right? socialism is a mainstream philosophy. It's just not called socialism. I mean, yeah. there's so yeah. much socialism oh, no, they're, popular they're in America. They're just outright calling it that well, that now. Some people, That's what Cynthia Nixon was some, talking some, about. Some people are, are are outright calling it, but there are a lot of people who really love socialism. They just don't call it that. Yeah, but yeah, well, there's truth to that. There's here's, truth to that. Here's the bottom line. What Larry Flint did to the right, because it was the right that went after Larry Flint, that's right. Alex Jones is about ready to do to the left, I believe. Right. That's right. That's right. Both sides have aired here. Uh, back then with Larry Flint, because the way pe- most people saw that was, if you wanted to read that magazine, Hustler, go ahead and read that magazine, Hustler. I mean, that's exactly how, uh, basically, as we listened to what the Supreme Court had to say, kind of came down. Uh, they they cleared Larry Flint. And if you want to know what I'm talking about, uh, read all the news articles, go back and read them, or just watch the movie The U.S. versus Larry Flint with uh, Woody Harrelson. Well, at, the end, at the end of the day, 
do, do we want to make things illegal because they're offensive or do we want to make things illegal because they actually violate someone's rights? And yeah. in so many cases. But you're applying reason, Paul. Well, sorry. <laughs> if you agree I mean, I'm sorry, but, you know, they don't look at the We're way we look at it. We're seeing how both sides have erred here. Right. Right. They have overreached, right. and it's going to cost them dearly. Right. I do believe. And be painful. This, this will be painful for the left. Everybody. If, if you agree with me, you have freedom of speech. If you disagree <laughs> with me, you don't have freedom shut, of speech. Shut up and get both out, sides, out of the way. Exactly yeah, and, I, and, right. I think, yeah. I think, and I think the right has been wrong about a lot of those issues where yeah, you know, I don't I don't like seeing offensive things. I don't like hearing offensive language, but that doesn't Just mean it's look. a good reason for me to get, get, ask government to make it illegal to put people in jail because they've done something that is offensive to me, but it doesn't actually violate my rights. I mean, the problem with that is the left is offended by everything we do, say, and stand are. for. Right. Sure, but a some radio station, right, Paul. But, but some but some people <laughs> can't do problem, that. And to, to Dave's to Dave's point, the right does it too. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, Mr. Uh, Robert Steinbach, thank you so much. I was going to call you and have you on later this this <laughs> week, but you called in. You could read my mind, so uh, we'll get back together on Monday. Always my pleasure. God bless. Talk to you later. Okay, Robert Steinbach, remember, law professor at UALR, Bowen School of Law. His opinions are his and his alone, and not necessarily those of the university or the law school. Elizabeth, R.D., Paul. Yes, sir. Thanks for all of you coming in. Thanks. Great discussions today. It's gone fast. Bible Guys are next here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you in the 5 o'clock hour. That means since it's a Tuesday, it's time for the Bible Guys, and uh, Steve is here, Steve Hess, and uh, Pastor Scott Stewart is not here today, so Billy has come in to fill in uh, while the pastor is out, and I'm trying to find a uh, Bible Guys question that was sent to me last week, and I'm not at this moment finding the question, though I know what it was about. It was about but well, we got it last Tuesday. If you remember, I mentioned to you, Steve, that I got a. Uh, we were talking about the different ways of praying, mm-hmm. and somebody uh, sent me something asking about praying for the dead. So, uh, what uh, what is what is the uh, trying to think here? Um, what is what is today? Today is the what August or, uh, August what seventh seventh. So that would have been. Uh, July, what, 30th, last Thursday? The only reason I'm asking, I'm trying to go back. Yes, 31st. 31st, 31st because, uh, I'm trying to go back, first, yeah. uh, continue to go back to, today's, to look uh, here. Today's my second anniversary. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay, so I don't have it. That's He's looking that's at good. me. So anyway, let me go back to, let me go to this question, and that is, what is uh, the view of the Bible about praying for the dead. That was the the main uh, just uh, just uh, pick on this, right? that they were bringing up praying for the dead because we had talked about praying for grace, praying for this, praying for that. And they were he was asking about it. It was out of 1 Timothy that I can remember that much, not the exact Bible verse that he was asking from. But there are several uh, denominations that believe that you can pray for the dead and have have a uh, I guess uh, a positive effect upon the person who has already passed. So let me turn it over to you guys. And is that what you think the Bible says about this, 
or is it uh, a more general statement or or what sure well you know it's mainly a a, a catholic tradition i'm not sure of the other denominations that do it and i remember reading the apocrypha um which is in the catholic bible and there are a couple places in there where it pretty much point blank where it talks about intercessing uh for those uh but most other denominations the vast majority do not hold those as inspired scripture but as good historical Here you go. reference okay second timothy 1 18 right Talks okay. about praying for someone who died. Is it okay to pray for the dead? And it came from uh, Marty Jones. Yep. <clears throat> so I think my position here is that uh, prayer is always acceptable. Uh, now, just because you pray something does not necessarily mean that what you are praying is going to have an effect on someone else. Um, just like I can. Um, pray for Steve to get more hair does not imply that Steve is necessarily going to get more hair. Um, so there is value, um, to me praying for someone who is gone, praying for someone who is gone in that it can soothe my soul. But as far as having an effect on their eternal position, uh, I think the word is very clear. Um, we are each responsible for our own, um, was it say work out your own salvation? Right. Uh, well, and we're, we're responsible. No one can. No one can save me, and no one else can condemn me. So um, now, as far as origins for this, we also find a similar concept uh, among Jews. Uh, that's why we sit shiva. Um, the, the concept there being that when you die, you might stink a little bit from too much worldliness, and therefore you might have to descend into Gehenna for a period of time, uh, not longer than a year, and the family prays in, in order kind of to help get them out early, if you will. So uh, it's not a completely... Which is uh, tradition. Not that, is, that is absolute tradition. That, that is not scriptural anywhere. So, And I, I think it's probably those two are probably linked. Um, that is probably a tradition that ended up in Catholicism as a result of some things they were seeing um, even prior to uh, coming out of Judaism. And I think this phrase here in, in, in 2 Timothy, uh, it, he's speaking of the um, household of Onesiphorus. Mm-hmm. Good luck with that. And he says, um, speaking of him, because he said, May the Lord grant him mercy on his household, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. But when he arrived in Rome, he sought me out, very zealously and found me the Lord grant to him that he may find mercy from the Lord in that day. And you know very well how many ways he ministered to me in Ephesus. I don't view this statement here as, as nothing more than him saying that, you know, may he find the grace of the Lord on just like all of us that we would all hope that if we all I, find it, the mercy. It'd be like if I, if there was somebody that, uh, that I knew kind of, all right, or I had worked with, in the radio industry, and I found that they passed away, I might say, you know, I don't know if they were a Jesus believer or not. Mm-hmm. I really hope right. that that is the case. Yeah. Right. Or may the Lord have mercy on his soul. Did you just intercede? Did that prayer, which is really the equivalent of what Paul said here, is may the Lord have mercy on his soul, not right. even implying that this guy wasn't saved, right. because obviously if he sought Paul out, he was someone who believed in what he was saying, and he supported him, so he's obviously a believer. Uh, but this doesn't uh, imply that somehow that little intercession 
Well, let's, let's look at it this way. That means then you are not accountable for your actions if somebody else can intercede for you on your behalf. Absolutely. That you could just basically live your life however you want, you know, get a hold of a couple of buddies and say, hey, when I die next week, I want you to pray for me and get me out of hell. <laughs> well, that, that's just – I don't – But there's 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 a lot of denominations that, that, that uh, praying for the dead plays an integral part in their belief systems. I mean, uh, Mormons mm-hmm. pray for the dead. They baptize the dead. I mean, uh, there's all kinds of different things that are out there. Is it truly biblical or not is a different story. Correct. No. And the – the vast majority of a lot of our traditions come from paganism. Sure. And who who intercedes? If you go into the Eastern cultures, how many of them are praying to their ancestors or praying for guidance, not from God, but to their ancestors? Go to, and that's where go to the, Mexico. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The vast majority of this stuff comes out of paganism. And we what we do is we go here and we find a hint of a verse of a here, possibility. Here is the Bible. Right. Here's our verse. And now this this Let's see looks if we can like twist it. Yeah, yeah, right here he's interceding for this guy, so this obviously means we can pray for the dead. But no. you got to read it in context. Correct. And context, that context, context is context. Just, All right, that's it. You ready for another question? Sure, Kirk. How are you? How are things in Traskwood? Hey, Traskwood's wonderful. Just don't tell anybody. <laughs> okay. Hey, hey, a few weeks ago, y'all were talking about the six days of creation, and then the year. The day of rest kind of correlated with 6,000 years of mankind on earth and then the 1,000-year reign with Jesus. Is that, yes, sir. Remember that? Yes, sir. Man, that was some of the most interesting and fascinating stuff I've heard in 40 years of being a believer. <laughs> Two questions. Okay. Is there any books you could re- uh, recommend that would talk about that? And could you expound on that a little bit more today? Okay, what what kind of exposition do you want? I mean, what what well, what did it ring in your head that you want more, you know, expository look at the scriptures about? Well, it was when he said, you know, the six six the six days of creation mm-hmm. were the equal to the six thousand years of man on earth, and then the thousand year reign of Jesus. Okay. Um, it was a day of rest. And it, you said something like this, probably three, 350 years or something to get that 6,000. I mean, I believe the earth is a young earth myself. Yeah, yeah I do too. And thank you for the, the question. And yes, I would love to elaborate on that. All right. That so one. I'm going to let you listen on the radio, Kirk. Is that all right? Thanks a lot, man. All right. All right here bet. we go. Thanks, Kirk. Uh, as far as books, um, I don't have anything off the top of my head. Of course, once I finish my. Uh, mm-hmm. my office and i get all of my books out of storage i'll be able to reference some of these but uh, that actually goes back to rabbinic literature uh it's actually in the talmud that speaks of that correlation that the uh, that the earth would at the end of six thousand years and six days they they're the ones that first drew that connection and i first heard a teaching by a woman named billy brim that dealt with the day of the lord and the days so if you remember in um um Acts 2. So Peter stands up and he starts preaching. And he says, this is what was prophesied by the prophet Joel when he said, in the last days that God would pour out his spirit among all flesh, right? So we have to ask ourselves this question. We got people running around today talking about Joel, and in the last days there's going to be an outpouring of the spirit of God. And I'm not, I'm not saying that I doubt that, but Peter quoted it. And if Peter quoted it 2,000 years ago, what is he referring to? So this teaching I heard dealt with this tradition that dealt with these days of creation. 
that there would be two days of Adam, two days of Torah, or two days of Moses, and then there would be the two days of Messiah. Uh, that two days, and if you go back and look, when did Abraham get the revelation of God? It was about 1948 B.C., um, give or take. And so we have that two days of, uh, there's that two days of man and creation, then the two days of God, if you will, and then the two days of Messiah. So that's that's a belief that is ancient as well. Uh, and it, it also goes along with, it helps if we see the coming of the Messiah, when did he come? On the fourth day. And on the fourth day, that's when the sun was created. And you go, well, that's the sun. Well, it just so happens that a guy named Malachi in chapter 3 made a correlation that right. the sun, S-U-N, of righteousness would have healing in his wings when he came. So he draw that, drew that correlation. Uh, so as far as a specific book, I don't have one off the top of my head. I think I just got that from um, some of those different resources that pointed back to you know some of the rabbinic writings. But I don't have a book off the top of my head that I pulled that from. Well, but maybe before, Billy May. maybe before you come back on next week, I'll write it down. And you can look write it, up. it down and look, and probably find you probably can find something. As like a matter of fact, if somebody's listening who I think's listening, I hope I get a message on Facebook before the end of the show. There you Must go. be your wife. <laughs> I, I would suggest that you go ahead and email Dave in the event that we don't find that in the next few minutes. Yeah, then, Bible guys, just email Bible guys at Salem L R S A L E M L R dot com. And I'll forward it over to Steve. There we go. And then Steve will have your email, and he can get directly back to there you. There you go. But not Twitter. No, Don't he's Twitter. not. He's he's not in the twenty-first <laughs> century. That, thought I'd get that info. You did. Yeah, he's in the late twentieth century still. But he, we have hope. We have hope for him. Yeah. We really do. All right. So that was another interesting question as well. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. Bible guys are here. If you can't call. 823-0965, 823-0965, then email BibleGuys, one word, at SalemLR.com, and uh, I'll get that, and I'll uh, read it on the air, and we'll try to answer your question. All right, we are back. Let's continue on here on the Dave Ellswick Show. we got the Bible Guys here. I'm uh, checking in on some information. My my. Twitter has just been blowing up today. People getting a hold of me. We've talked about some pretty interesting things today, and people are wanting to be heard. Let's just put it that way. So I promised for the rest of this hour I will pay attention specifically to you two. (laughs) Well, I was listening to the last part on the way here, and uh, there's definitely a lot to talk about with all the the chaos and craziness that's going on. Well, when you got the federal government now, uh, floating papers around the U- U.S. Senate talking about the federal government takeover of the Internet. Yeah. Yeah. That's stuff that you better be paying real close attention to. So anyway, yeah. with all of that said, uh, we've already dealt with praying for the dead. Now we talked about the days. Mm-hmm. What are some other things that you can just blow people's minds with today, Steve? Oh, wow. Uh, Not to know. put you on the spot or anything. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, well, I know mm. you 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 come in thinking of some different things you'd like to 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 kind of bridge people into so they th- start thinking a little bit you look the the object of this show is the key is to get you from thinking of the Bible in a western philosophy into thinking it from a hebraic right. philosophy. They are totally different. Yeah. 
Well, just one of the things that we talked about briefly off the air about how much um, I think Billy brought the point up about words and how much we change definitions and meanings. And uh, I've been doing this, uh, several studies, but one's on uh, prophetic things. And if you ask somebody, what does the word apocalypse mean? And they're going to tell you that this is like Armageddon and the end times and all that kind of stuff. The coming of the end is what most people would say. Mm-hmm. Right. And they'll, they'll start talking about World War Three and all the Antichrist and all this other kind of stuff. And if you just – but then you go and look it up, and the word simply means revelation. It's where we get the name, the book of Revelations. And so instead of looking at what it means as far as it's the revelation of who Jesus was, who he is and what he's going to do and how he's always going to be victorious over whoever the beast is, whatever your view is of end times, first century application, you know, post-millennial, pre-millennial, all that stuff, the revelation is he is the Messiah. He is the Son of God. He is the one that's going to rule and reign for that thousand years and then for all eternity. That's uh, one of the many things that you can point at that just by simply changing a word or thinking you understand something in English versus what it originally meant uh, will will um, totally change your view of the Bible. Uh, the other one, this other study I've been going through is on the book of Acts. I would highly encourage people to go and, um, well, take this course when it goes online here in about uh, a month. <laughs> <laughs> and where would they get that they course? They could get that at the AmericanInstitute.org. Okay. Uh, this one, uh, where I'm doing a, a course on the history of the church, and the last three lectures that we've laid out is showing exactly how the church expanded from Jerusalem and then outward, and showing all the places that Paul and, and Peter and everybody went initially. Uh, and when you start reading that in the context, see, we read the Bible as this super spiritual, hyper spiritual, only spiritual book, and not realize that it is a perfect history book. Um, it's a perfect geography book. Uh, and once you start realizing that these were real men who dealt with real problems, that went to real locations, and yes, they dealt with spiritual things, and you start seeing the pictures, and then you read it in that context, you'll find out that a lot of the things that we've been taught, because we've misunderstood that, uh, and I'll share this other one that I was talking with Billy about before we came on, is I think you asked me about a month or two ago, and you asked Scott and I both, um, what is the biggest misconception? Yeah. that Jesus came to do, and we said that he came to do away with the law. Mm-hmm. And if you go and read the book of Acts chapter 21, where where um, Paul has come back from, I believe, his second missionary journey, and he, he, he meets James, and he tells him, hey, we hear there's a lot of people saying that you're teaching against Moses, and you're teaching to not circumcise, and you're teaching against the temple. Well, we need you to go up here and pay some offerings or some sacrifices to prove to the world that you're not doing that. Right. And at that very moment, he could have stopped everybody and said, guys, I need to enlighten you about law versus grace. But he didn't. Right. He went up there. He made a sacrifice and paid these guys' ways, and he got arrested. And him getting arrested was the reason that he was put on trial. It's the reason that he ultimately went to Rome. It's the reason that he was in Caesarea. That's right. Because he got arrested up there proving completely opposite of what the church teaches he taught. And that in of itself, reading that story in that context and realizing that Paul didn't teach to do away with the law. He did not. He went to prison to prove that he was doing just the opposite. That one thing, that one revelation, will flip over 90% of most church doctrine out there. All right, That's so the big one. When we come back, we'll uh, have another 25 minutes to take on your questions Again, you can call 823-09-65, 501 area code, of course, 
800-242-0965. If you have a question about the Bible, if there's something to buy about the Bible you don't buy, that you you just think it's a bunch of hokum or whatever, you know, you want to talk about, you know, the 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 walking zombie Jesus and things <laughs> of that nature, bring it. They're willing to talk to you about yep. it here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We'll go to the news now, find out what's going on in the world in 60 seconds, and then we'll come back and continue today's show. All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show, and the Bible guys are here. They're here to answer your questions. you got a question about Scripture. you got a question about eschatology or future things. You want to know about, you know, are you a pre? Are you a post? Are you an ah? I'm an an or a pan, as I like to say, because I think it all pans out in the end. Jesus Jesus is coming back, uh, and I think a lot of people fight. See, I got an old saying. My dad came up with it, and he used to tell me it. He says, too many people, minor on the majors and majors on the minors. That's right. And you get so tied up many times, all of us do, on small things that we miss the whole picture. It's the old thing of missing the forest for the trees. Absolutely. Kind of things. Well, and if we're going to spend our time arguing about when that one event takes place, then we've kind of missed the point of what the entire event is about. Now, see, that's why talking with you, go. Billy, or, or with Steve or with Scott, that made sense to me when you you all were talking with me and we, I was talking about, you know, biblical knowledge and things of that nature. And it was pointed out to me, of course, that the Bible is a Hebrew mm-hmm. book. All right. So that made sense to me to understand if I don't understand it from that perspective – Guess what? I probably don't really understand it. And yeah. that's what's important is to understand it. I mean, the Bible is real, real clear about who Jesus was, yep. what he came to do. He didn't come to get rid of the law, by the way. But he, <laughs> he came here and uh, he, he showed us a, a way of grace. He got rid of the, the system. consequences of. Yeah, the whole system yep. of of uh you know doing sacrifice he was the if you understand the whole sacrificial system then you understand the part that jesus played in all the sacrificial system and now the sacrificial system is done that's where the jews are lost because they think they're going to get a new temple and they're going to start sacrificing again there's no reason to sacrifice again right it's been done and and they might um this is one of those things where prophetically um, but not biblically right (laughs) they they may um, they may, through the power of man, set up a temple and resume sacrifices. Yeah, but that is not God ordained. If it happens, just mark the date, mark the time. It is not God ordained. Right. Period. Plain and simple. Yeah, it, because if it was if it was necessary, then what Jesus did wasn't necessary. Well, if it was necessary, then what about the two thousand years worth of Jews who have had no access to the temple? That's right. I, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. If it's necessary, then we've got a huge problem because God was not gracious to generations upon generations of mankind. That's right. In the Hebrews, in the book of Hebrews, it says um, that if this could have been done by the blood of bulls and goats, it would have been. Would have been. But it couldn't have been. So that's why it it will not be. Okay, so I asked you a question during the break, and I always tell people there's a lot more to this show than what they hear or see (laughs) during the time that we're on. You can see us talking during the breaks that you can't hear us talking, so you don't know what we're talking about. But I was asking about the Great Commission, Mm -hmm. and there's a part of it because a lot of people think, because I talk to believers and 
and they'll say, you know, I want to go to Africa and take the gospel. And I say, well, you're taking it here first. Yeah. And and that's an important question. Mm-hmm. If you can't if you can't offer the the good news with your nearest friends and stuff, how are you going to be able to do it with people you don't know in another nation? Right. I I, I don't understand why people think that. Why well, explain? Explain because there's a reason that Christ said what he said in the order that he said it in the Great Commission. That's right. He said to start with Jerusalem, then to move into Judea and Samaria, and then to the other most ends of the earth. Now, He's, why did he put it that way? Well, uh, first— or why do you think he put it Well, that first way? he had to start with his people, because that's who it was first Correct. given to. He, it had to be to the Jew first. Uh, Paul uh, And Jerusalem was the epicenter Correct. of Judaism. Correct. Correct. And for the first 10 years of the church, it didn't move outside of Jerusalem except for a few people in Antioch that were Jews that ran there after the the persecution started on the Mm -hmm. Jewish people. Um, But, you know, whether we talk about, you know, heaven or hell or eschatology, whatever the case is, um, people get so caught up. Unfortunately, I agreed to a friend of mine to allow to get into a uh, end times Facebook forum. (laughs) <laughs> and so I see every single post that's ever put on there, and it, it's I, and I just went through and watched this guy sit there and predict another date. At least he had the, the nerve to admit I was wrong after he did that. But I often think when we get so caught up in those, how many people to fulfill the Great Commission did you drive past? How many homeless guys did you drive past? How many orphanages did you drive past in the process of to go and find out when the Lord is coming, when you should be doing what he said to do until he returns? I love studying about those kind of things. I love studying about all kinds of things. But we always had to remember to do what he said to do. That's what James said. That's right. That was everything. You know, just saying that you understand all of this and you do nothing, then Even the what is your believe. faith? That's right. There is a reason I go to the prison. And it's not because I like hanging out in prisons and preaching, although I do enjoy hanging out in prison and preaching. But the original (laughs) impetus for that was because this is true religion. That's right. What am I supposed to be? I'm supposed to be out serving those who cannot be served by themselves, the the widow, the sick, the orphan, and the prisoner. Thank you, because a lot of people forget that part of it. That's right. As though I were in chains. The scripture says, as though you were chained with them. Mm -hmm. So I go in there, and I make myself at home with those guys because – that's part of what we are told true religion is all about, going in there and, and meeting with those guys and fellowshipping with those guys and bringing light into what most people consider a very, very dark place. And how many how many of us, um, I'm raising my hand here, being the chief center, um, we all go to rallies. Uh, we'll let our voice be heard. And what do we do every year on, was it January the 21st, 22nd, when we go to the annual uh, Christians against Roe v. Wade. And if you ask... In, March for Life. Yeah, we get to the March for Life, right? And you, there's always a lot of people out there. Several thousand. And they want to, and they'll hear, and they'll say that we want to stand for life. But if somebody got up and said, how many of you out here, let's say we let's say we were victorious, and we finally, finally ended that. Uh, and then the next question is, what are you going to do with all the babies that are no longer slaughtered? Right. How many of the same believers would raise their hands to say we're going to open our house to every single yep. one of those that are born. Yeah, not not very many, and, and that's always been a problem, and the people who are pro-abortion have used that against the pro-life movement for years and years and years. Um, I can't do it now because I've got 
the rooms at the inn are full <laughs> of my of my own family members, and I'm commanded to take care of them first, yeah, and right. that's what I'm doing. But uh, when I didn't have uh, family members living in the home, there was a group that I once uh, belonged to that uh, was good was to work with high school girls, and we took high school girls into our house that were going to have. Uh, you know, babies that had been thrown out of their homes and things because they had become pregnant. Right. And we took care of them and took and took them to deliver the baby with them during the time of the birth and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we had other people. Then then we passed them on yep. uh, that they were taking care of from there. We all had our specific responsibilities. That was such a gr- I know it helped the girls. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it helped me more than it helped them. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Just telling you. And, and I... I mean, I look at it now, and and there's churches that won't even utter the words abortion within their the walls of their congregations, afraid to offend somebody. Right. How you should be proud that you would stand, stand for, life. for life, right? For goodness' sake, I serve a God who is the God of life. Amen. Yeah, uh, and therefore I will always stand against death. Yeah. Period. Yeah, that's why I call the other side the pro-death yep. side. I don't right. call them, you know. Uh, pro-abortion i call them pro-death that's the one thing that i wish that the conservative and the people on the right side would take back and whenever you hear this phraseology that we are um that they are for women's pre-reproductive rights that's a lie they're for murder yeah and I, i wish they would be called out for that more often instead of allowing them to take and own the conversation and think that well no there's a lot of people on the uh, conservative side that are for a, controlling when that happens it's not about your womb it's right. about what is in right your absolutely womb. Right. absolutely and that and you know i'm going well we'll shift back here a little bit to what you were saying is that's part of the reason uh that we're in the trouble we're in as a nation today and why we see so much chaos is because we have forgotten the great commission we have forgotten to make sure that we are preaching to everybody that we come in contact with uh even if it's as simple as our actions, maybe the reason people like to go to, to, to Africa to preach the gospel is because they know the people that they live next door know how now they listen. live. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they might be preach. interested to, to, to hear what you have to say as well because, you know, the gospel, anybody in this country that says they don't know what the name, who the name of Jesus is would be lying to you. Right. That name is used so often in our country that now it's become a curse word. Yeah. Right, right. But, you know, in following in that vein of home first, um, we still think of the United States as being the number one exporter of missionaries in the world, but that is simply not true anymore. Is that uh, true? The I United States that. has become an importer of missionaries. You've really? now got You've now got countries that in the past we sent missionaries to who are now coming back home mm-hmm. uh, from those native countries to bring missionaries here because we have, we still claim to be a Christian nation, but uh, anybody who's not absolutely fooling themselves knows that's simply not true and and we've got a lot of of uh, foreign missionaries coming into the United States to uh, attempt to re-christianize this you know country who the uh, largest exporter of missionaries is South Korea Very South Korea okay yeah. they, now these are true believers correct yeah, yeah. is you know don't get the moon people mixed right. up <laughs> no, no, no. Right. don't want them no. don't want them getting mixed up there i mean some of the biggest hugest churches are in south korea absolutely philippines yeah in africa yeah it may not look like 
what we think a church would look like. Yeah. But they're it, a church. It's something that, uh, well, actually, um, when Pastor Scott comes back, he'll be able to really talk about that because he's at a missions conference. Oh, good. Well, um, well, that's what the topic is next week. Yeah. Yeah. He could, he could have a lot to talk. I mean, he, and obviously that's his uh, resume. I mean, that's what he did for 26 mm-hmm. years, uh, was throughout different parts of the world go and start several I mean, churches. At New Life Church, we, we send out tons of local missions right right i mean we go to that, inner cities and things of that nature yeah what's that um the big outreach thing that uh life's not life center um dream center dream center yes yeah, that's in um now that's not, that's not just new life church that's a group of churches right and that's i working together absolutely applaud and praise and wish more would do those things together uh, not get together so we can fight, but get right. together to where we can beat the church together. That's right. Being in unity. You know, we, we often talk about um, focusing on those things we have in common. Uh, and that is probably probably because we find ourselves, if, if we want to wanna fight over the things that we have not in common with the modern day church, then we're not going to spend our right. time doing anything but fighting. So we have to focus on the things that we have in common with everybody else. Uh, and, and I think if the Christian world as a whole would simply focus on those things, uh, most of our problems would probably dissipate pretty quickly. Um, and we look, um, I can learn something from just about anyone. And that's even from people uh, who have radically different ideas than mm-hmm. I do. There's something to be learned. They got to that point somehow. Um, and there's even if what I learn is, well, they've got some really bad information, there's still something to be learned there. That's know? one of the things, you know, when we talk and, and we'll say things about the, you know, certain doctrine and things that, that maybe many in the, in the church world have misunderstood. And sometimes we get across as being vitriolic just against church in general, and that's not true. Because, I've not heard that on this show at all. Well, sometimes we get accused of those kind of implications not from the show itself mainly okay. just because of me uh <laughs> because i wasn't going to say i don't hear those accusations but i'm happy well, to hear you i mean it, uh, it kind of comes across I, well i just say it this way we that's not the impression that we would ever want to give right um because there's so much that the church does and they do so many good but when we talk about things doctrinally that they've misunderstand from not understanding he break things we're our avenue is this your scriptures will come alive tenfold. Absolutely. Your no, faith just, will make I, that much I more sense. I agree with that. I've, it's done that for me. Yeah. And there's just so many people out there doing good things in the, in the name of Christ. We just need to do more. You know what? You can read a book, a translation of a book, and say, that was a good book. But if you can read it in the original language, you'll go, that was a really, really good, good book. book. Right. All right. Got to take a break. Uh, did you know that there's 567 different ways to claim your Social Security benefits? 2,728 rules in the Social Security Handbook. And here's a dirty little secret for you. The Social Security Administration, the government tells them they are actually forbidden to offer you any personalized advice. So you're totally, basically, on your own. you got to go out and get somebody to explain all this to you. It's no wonder why as much as $10 billion in benefits go unclaimed every year. You can learn how you could wring every nickel out of your local or out of your Social Security benefits in the up-to-date 2018 Guide to Social Security, and it's from David Lucas, host of the David Lucas Show right here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. He's on at 10 a.m., 3 p.m., and to get your free 2018 Guide to Social Security, be one of the first 10 callers right now, 501-653-6690. Don't be leaving tens of thousands of dollars on the table Get back every nickel that's rightfully yours. And you're probably saying, tens of thousands, Dave. 
I don't believe that. Well, if you, let's just say you're me and you're going to get $3,000 a month in Social Security and maybe you live another 10 years after you retire. So uh, just do the math on that and how much money you could be losing out on. And tens of thousands is not an understatement. Call 501-653-6690 or visit davidlucasfinancial.com. All right, we're back with you. We got a great short, well, it's um, we're going to talk more about this in the near future because it's kind of a passion of mine, and it's this. We were just talking about Dream Center. Dream Center is an organization with several different churches coming together, helping to feed the poor, minister to neighborhoods of poor people, things of that nature, bringing the gospel uh, to people who have heard the name God and have heard the name Jesus but have no earthly idea what all that means. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, one soul, that's about the 99 we hear about all the time, Mm -hmm. the one that uh, God left left the 99 behind to go seek out the one. We're supposed to go be seeking out the ones that are unsaved and bring them the good news. Here's my question. Everybody that I know, well, I won't say that's too broad, not everybody. Most parents that I know complain about the school system, complain about you can't pray right. at the school system, Compra- uh, they complain that you can't read out of the Bible, complain that you can't call it Christmas break or Easter break. Now it's spring break. It, okay, so why don't we all just get fed up enough? because it sounds like we are, and let the church be the church and help teach our children as well in Christian ways, the way that the, the church did in the early foundations yep. of our republic. Yep. Why, are we, uh, why are we sending every day our children to indoctrination that is opposed to what we supposedly believe? Yeah, and that mentality, if we, if, the, if we came together, that is the body of Christ came together on numerous issue, issues, that in of itself would change the course of the world, not just Little Rock, but Absolutely. it would change the course of the world, that if we would go and minister to the poor together, if we would pull together. One of the part of the reasons we have such high overhead. I used to do, I used to live right off 107, and I would drive to my church in Sherwood from down by Jacksonville. I would, in three miles of road, I would pass five Baptist church. Right, and then I would pass three Methodist churches and a couple Pentecostals. Was like, why don't y'all get together? It's one thing the Catholic Church has tried to do, yeah. although they're having a hard time because it's so expensive. They say, "Well, maybe we need to be, as we say about the government, figuring out what's the important things we should right. be putting our money Absolutely. into." Right, and go ahead. I will say that part of what we're dealing with is um, that our enemy has never really changed his That's tactic. Right. Uh, the very first thing that he tried to do was create division and separation. Yeah, divide. Between Adam and Eve and God. And he's never changed his plan. His 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 attempt today is to separate us one from another, to get us to break fellowship. And he's pretty good at it. He's been doing it for a long time. And we're pretty susceptible to that. We kind of proved that in the garden, and we really haven't stopped falling for it since. So uh, as a result, we tend to find ourselves pretty divided. Uh, matter of fact, um, Jesus himself said, "You will the people will know. will know. That I I was sent that I belong to you because the people will be unified and it's supposed to be the big rallying call is that when we try and true unity it'll all be done it'll all be handled because Jesus was coming to reign the moment we can do that and we're not there yet here's what I bet 
if the church would turn its attention towards its children and would teach them and have a schooling that uh, pointed to Christ as as the, the the Lord that He is, that what would happen is that the kids would learn because they wouldn't be taught a lot of superfluous things that they Junk. don't need to have be taught to them. It would do well and. A lot of unbelievers would want their kids to come to this school. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a yeah. look. Do you think that every kid that's over in the the Catholic high school is no. Catholic? They're no, not. Not at all. There's Jewish. There's Baptists. There's every kind over. There's atheists. Oh my lord! But it's atheists. also <laughs> it, and unless you get somebody that underwrites that stuff. You know, I mean, our kids went to private schools for years. And it was, and it was one of the cheaper ones around, and it was still very expensive. I'm just telling you, it can that can be circumvented it, it, if the church will make up its mind. I would agree to circumvent it. Right. Well, the 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 church, if it would make up its mind, could get the laws changed so that we could have that private school funding, so that we could have school vouchers, so that we could do those things. But the church can't even agree on the divinity of Messiah at this point. <laughs> right. So. You know, I, I, I don't know. It, it's one of those frustrating things. That, and that was my point about why I was saying where I lived on that run road is that if the churches that are at least of the same denomination would unite right. in a cause, then we could accomplish it. Well, that's going to be my rallying cry now. I'm not going to give up on this. I'm going to start asking that question over and over, over again. And i got to believe other believers are going to hear that. Sure. And they're going to start taking it serious. Guys, thanks so much. Thank you. Yes, sir. Love you guys coming in every Tuesday. The Bible, guys, remember, you got a question. Don't have to ask it uh, just during the show. Bible guys at SalemLR.com. I'll be back with you tomorrow, 2 o'clock, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.